It's me, Dan, from Harmontown. You can hear episodes of our show and 30 others before anyone else on TuneIn First Play. The TuneIn app is a free mobile audio app available across iOS, Android, and Windows. Podcast superfans get even more from their favorite shows. For four weeks, new episodes of Harmontown will be available a full 24 hours early, exclusively on TuneIn. Podcasts will release their new episodes early, including feral audio shows like Drinky Fun Time, Dome People Town, and Natural. Butte. Tune in is also full of content like live sports, news, music, and audiobooks. Get the next episode of Harmontown right now at the TuneIn app at tunein.com slash Harmontown. Didn't you already use this on another podcast? Yeah, you already yeah. used it on another time? Yeah, 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 yeah. This is really stupid, man. Uh, no one's listening. How did you get to where you're going? Where you are right now? You're running back and deep inside. You locked your keys in the fucking car. How did you get where you're going? How did you get this far? I said, I, 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 I
said, how? That was kind of loud, sorry. When you knock your keys in the car, how did you get this fall? When you knock your keys, you knock your keys in the car. You don't have to change. Yes, yes, this is how you start the fucking podcast off. Am I right? Am I right? You're listening to Twisting the Wind with Johnny Pemberton here on the Feral Audio Network. I'm pretty excited. I'm pretty excited. <laughs> oh, yeah. Email me, twistingthewind at gmail.com. Do it. Do it. I'm going to talk over myself now, making this fucking weird-ass shitty song. <laughs> I mean, I'm listening to it at the same time. So are you. We are, we're, doing, we're doing this at the same time. We're all here at the same time right now. We're all here observing what I did before what I'm doing right now. These are two timelines happening at the same time. You don't know this, but I do. I am here commenting on what I did. Yeah, I'm, this is real time, motherfuckers. Can't want to talk to you about something. Why is it that I get mad when I hear people speaking Spanish? I don't get mad at hearing it. I get mad when it's... Shit, that's so fucking loud. I just get mad because it's like... I always... God, I get... I get mad because listen. I get mad because I feel left out. That's the truth. I think that's all racism. That's all it is. It's just you feel left out. God, I feel left out. I hate it. It's like he's out there. Our landlord hires a gardener. The guy comes once a week and does does a lot of nothing. Well, he does a lot of stuff actually. But you know what I mean. It's like stuff that's he does doesn't. It's there's a lot that, that happens that gets done that doesn't need to be done. But it gets done, and then sometimes he talks with our neighbors who are Hispanic. They're probably Mexican, which is great. He talks with them, and I'll talk with them like maybe 10, 15 minutes. And they're talking. I don't understand anything. I understand a couple words here and there, but I don't understand any of it. But I can hear it all. And it fucking gets my goat. Because I just want to know. I want to know. I want to know what you're talking about. I want to know what you're talking about. That's all. But uh, it has the side effect, the byproduct, of just making me pissed off. It's such a weird thing. It's like, uh, hey, I'm being honest right now. I'm being straight up honest with you right now. I'm doing a real honesty push here. Man, if I don't get pissed off at that. And I hate to get pissed off at it. But you know what? It's hard. Sometimes you just got to fucking let go. <laughs> Sometimes you just gotta let go, man, and just, man, sometimes just, you know, some- sometimes, man, look, hey, man, hey, man, hey, Don, hey, Johnny, what's up? It's Donnie. Look, man, I heard about, um, what's going on, and, um, here's my advice, man. You know, you, sometimes you just gotta let, you just gotta let go, okay? You gotta just be like, 
give it up, give it up to God, or, you know, I don't know who you pray, pray to, or you probably don't pray at all, but like, I don't want to be like Christian. I mean, I'm not technically Christian. I kind of like, am, I, I am spiritual, but I'm not religious. You know, that's how I would describe myself. But, um, yeah, you just, you just got to give it up to God. And like, you got to be like, I don't speak Spanish. I know this. I got to give it up to God. Either I got to a start learning Spanish and take an active role in it, like Obama said, or B, I got to decide I don't want to learn Spanish and just don't learn Spanish or C, you just got to um, maybe just be okay with being pissed off or D one or maybe back to one instead of a D. I think you only go ABC, but one, you just got to be like, um, Hey man, this is a, uh, can you not speak Spanish when you're watering the lawn? Because it makes me angry because I don't speak it. But here's the, here you go. Now, now, now D, a two, he doesn't speak English. So what do you do in that situation? You know, I mean, do you just buy somebody a bunch of beer and tequila and say, hey, look, I would really like it if you didn't put the dog shits on our front steps, the ones we've failed to pick up. Because here it is. Anytime you use shit as a passive aggressive tool, I don't mean shit like shit like, yo, there's a bunch of shit over here. I mean like shit like, I mean like feces. If you use feces as a passive aggressive tool, it makes nobody happy. Nobody is wanting to get a piece of shit used as a tool. Nobody, 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 nobody. Okay. Example. When, when I first moved into my apartment, uh, they had like a guy come in there to do some painting. Right. And I guess he got in. This is before I moved in. And when we first moved into this place, when we got first got the keys, we go in there and what do we find in the toilet? But a big old log of shit. It's been saturating. It's been sitting in the fucking bowl, marinating a log of fucking shit, a log of human poo. Uh, mind you, there's no fucking toilet paper in this place, and this shit was not flushed. Okay, talk about furious. You move into a new place, and the first thing you see is another human's shit in your fucking toilet. The one you haven't even christened yet, and there's no toilet paper, so that means this fucker didn't do a... How did he do a wipe? Yeah, yeah, not good at all. Not Good. And here's the thing, you know, sometimes you want to let bygones be bygones, but there's something about shit. It's like getting punched in the face. You just, it's hard to just let shit go when it's being used as a tool. I get an accident. I get accidentally shitting on someone's floor. I get accidentally, you know, wiping shit on something. I get accidentally getting shit on your hands and making somebody a salad and giving them E. coli or trichinosis or, uh, bam camps. I get that. But if you're going to use shit as a tool, you better be ready to take the world back from the fucker you fucked. Because that's a fuck that you can't unfuck, motherfucker. Wow. Oh, okay. I guess I never really, uh, wow, I never thought about it that way. I didn't think he had such a, I didn't think he had such opinions, Donnie Jeffcoat. We just heard from Donnie Jeffcoat. He is the uh, Twisting the Wind official announcer. Sometimes he chimes in. 
and uh, says some stuff, you know, lets, lets an opinion fly. Typically, he's not as, uh, um, what is the word? This is something that happens to me all the time, is that the word that I'm looking for describes the word that I'm, it's called um, fucking a, it's, uh, you know, when someone's being thorough, they're being, uh, uh, oh my God, I have to, I'm, I'm going to pause, I'm going to pause the recording right now to look this up. Oh my God. Come on, will you two stop arguing? Let's get started. The word you were looking for was eloquent, quint, eloquent, well-spoken, did a good, good jobby, smooth-tongued, voluble, expressive, outspoken, verbal, vocal, blah, blah, blah yeah, okay. Usually Donnie Jeffcoat isn't that oh, fucking hey, fluent, eloquent, well-spoken as that. So thanks, Donnie. That almost sounds like something that I would say. <laughs> okay, here's the deal. You're listening to Twisting the Wind on the Feral Audio Network. My name is Johnny Pemberton. I've already said this many times. What I just said, I'm going to say it again. What I just did say again, what I, what I said, I said many times, I've said many times. So I said it after the fact instead of being like, hey guys, here it comes. I did, I did it like I did it after the fact. So, um, <laughs> um, 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 here's the deal. I don't speak Spanish. I want to learn, but I want to learn French first because I'm already closer to, to learning French. So. French is a is an absolutely amazing language. It's great. It sounds sounds amazing. It's French is like uh it's like the sound of um you know, it's like the it's like the sound of toffee. Oh no, 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 no. It sounds like what toffee tastes like. It's like wow. You know when you when you first had toffee, do you remember that? Maybe you don't like toffee, but if you do like it, you know it's like a thing where oh. Oh, this is what I was looking for. Oh. This, you know what I mean? It's like that's the taste. It's the taste. You're, oh, I get it. It's sweet and it's buttery and it's crispy. But then it gets kind of. It can get you. It's just. It's the taste. Toffee is the taste, and the French language is like the taste of toffee. This is something I should have saved for a musical section, which I will get to eventually. Um, but you know, if you're uh, t- twisting the winder. You're no stranger to the fact that I have used... I'm about to kill a mosquito. Just did it. No big deal. So that right there is what we call a Minnesota skill. You know, a lot of people don't know about this. But if you're, not, if you're from Minnesota, you can kill a mosquito. You don't break a fucking stride, man. You don't even... You don't do anything. It's like, no big deal. Boom. Kill that mosquito out of the sky. See, I'm recording right now, live. And this mosquito buzzed by the front of the, the computer screener. I just fucking crack. Crack a fucking lack. No big deal. Seven in one stroke. Okay? Seven in one stroke. I've done it. I've done three in one stroke before. One clap, three kills. No big deal. That's all about doing it. It's all about doing it swiftly, smoothly, calmly, and just, you just fucking do it. You don't, you don't like make it like a, like, okay, okay, okay. No, you just fucking go mosquito and you go, it's like that. It's when you get that laser lock. You know that the we have we have we have missile lock. Roger, this is Dan Quick. Roger, Dan Quick. This is this is this is Tower Six Bar Gump Gumption Deck. Roger, this is Gumption Deck. We have missile lock. 
Do you understand you have a pencil lock chafe engager? You will. You will stand down. <laughs> uh, I'm sorry, I'm laughing because I um I had a phone call earlier that was upset was upsetting. Because it was like a, you know, it's a status power thing, you know? You know when you want that status, but you're afraid to say you want that status and that power? You want to be like, hey, no, but but me, but me. But you don't do it, and so you get angry. Or me do. Me do. Me get angry. Uh, not my bad, but my do. Uh, my do. And um, I was thinking about using the word stand down in all caps in an email to someone. Not seriously, because who says that seriously? And even if you do, you're not going to put in an email unless it's some weird, unless your job is like email job, but you're going to say stand down. But do you never, you, no one gets, who gets to say, gets to stay, gets to stay stand down? Who gets to sway cams, cans now? Who gets to say stand down now? Not, not stand down now, but because when you say stand down, it implies now. Because when else would you stand down? I mean, nowadays, who gets to say stand down? Very few people. And I think that's unfair. Well, everything is inherently unfair. The universe is unfair, inherently. Nothing is fair. Nothing is fair slash everything is fair. Everything dies. So, um, but stand down. You know what? I think we should start using stand down more. I think we should just, as people, just feel free to say it. Just say it out loud. If someone's, if there's a problem, you just go, stand down. <laughs> stand down. Stand down. You can, that's a, that's an aggressive sort of military way, but you could also just be like, um, um, Jenica, I think it's time you stand down. And stood down. Stand down. Stand down. It's such a great thing. It's just a perfect phrase because it implies it's like you get to maintain your honor because you're still standing, but you're being like, but disengage. No more. No mas. No mas. I want to take a little sign. I make a little sign that says no mas and put it on like a little stick, like a sign you have like for a real estate, like a sold and a, ho- a house that's sold. Put that, put that uh, no mas on a little sign and stick it in a piece of poo poo. That's uh, a piece of dog shit and put it places, you know, no mas, no mas caca, por favor. Esta espagnole que italiano, mi scarpi, mi fromaggi, mi de dove sei. You feel me? You do. Well, thank you for uh, indulging me in that mo- those moments. I need to just fucking talk about that stuff. It's true. It's real. We're all working through... <laughs> We're all working through something. We're all working for, hey, we're all working for somebody. Sometimes you just don't know who. <laughs> okay. Uh, this is a really great episode today. It really is. I really like, um, I've already fucking talked about this probably, but it's a, a great, a, a dear friend who I, uh, who I met in the course of doing comedy in a foreign country. Not that foreign, but foreign enough to be called a foreign country. And we became fast friends, and he's a, he's a very smart, funny, interesting, 
He's, uh, that just sounds bad, doesn't it? I just what I just said sounds bad. It sounds like I'm like lying. Like, like yeah, um, that painting is great. I like the way the colors, um, the colors, and the yeah, yeah. So this is this is why I don't do this typically. This is why I don't like fucking try to be like, uh, okay, yeah, um, this guy. Unless I'm like in the mood of, of effusiveness, which is hard to get to. And it's also like one of those things where, oh, you're in an effusive mood. You didn't try, but you got there. You're in like the mood. You know, you get accidentally. I get accidentally effusive, um, which is going to be the title of this episode, I think. Um, but that uh, that right there is just, just look, I'm, what I'm saying is this, this, this is a fucking quality. <laughs> 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 Twisting the wind at gmail.com. Oh, you, would you boys help Steven? Sure. The thing about that is your daddy. Daddy, don't tell, go, don't know. Oh, daddy, don't doubt me now. Daddy, don't tell me now, no. Oh, daddy, don't tell me now, no. Please don't tell me now, I don't know. Daddy, 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 daddy. Don't tell me now, daddy, 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 daddy. Don't tell me now, daddy, 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 daddy. Don't tell me now, daddy, 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 <clears throat> okay, we're gonna lower it in here real slow. You're gonna feel a little pinch. Okay, you're gonna feel a little pinch here. Oh, there it needles in. Okay, needles in. Now we're just gonna draw twelve things of blood. Don't worry about it. It's gonna be okay. And we're okay now. That was the intro. Okay. How you like that couch, Barry? Can we I, can we do another take of that? And I that felt like I didn't intro? know. You don't think didn't know what? What did you think about? Comment. I don't think I nailed that. Uh, that free association yeah. uh, sound sound uh, yeah. path. I feel like it needs to be more scripted. More scripted. Um, this is this is an unscripted podcast. Oh really? Yep. 
fully unscripted. So why did you send me that script? <laughs> <laughs> Welcome, Barry Rothbart. Thanks for having me. What's yeah. the theme of this it's podcast? No theme. It's no theme. It's just free association. It's free association. It's uh, you know what the theme is? The theme is talking to a person. I was thinking about that actually when I was uh, I was thinking about when I was meditating earlier. I was thinking about what if someone asked me, this is what I always ask if someone I don't know well asked me what the theme is, I say talking. Yeah. <laughs> uh, can we talk about meditating? Yeah, we can talk about anything. Because I am uh, I'm You're at a point it. right now where I feel like I need to change my meditating and I don't know what else to do. I mean, you feel like it's not effective anymore. It, it is, yeah. but it, uh, it's, it comes in spurts. What do you mean? You take it to the next level? You mean, I think so. You, so you're saying you feel like, um, and I, sometimes I, I don't meditate cause I don't want to be, it like tired brings down my energy. And See, then I, a lot of times mm. I won't do it, but you do it every day, huh? Yeah. Uh, every day at least I should do it twice a day and I try to do it twice a day, but I don't always do it for twice 20 a day. minutes. Yeah. Each time. Mm hmm. You know, I don't know why. It doesn't bring down my energy. I find the opposite. Brings up your it energy. It gives me energy. But it gives me energy. It's like, you know how you feel if you wake up from a good length of a nap, like an appropriate length, not like a long nap. But you know when you wake up from a nap, you're like, wow, I actually... 15 minutes. Yeah. Like, when you do a good 15-minute nap and you wake up and you feel refreshed, that's how I feel. That's I don't. I'm not good with naps. I don't take good naps. Well, you got to set a timer, man. I take horrible naps. Set a 17-minute timer. Yeah, That's but you're supposed thing. to get one cycle, right? Isn't that an out? You're well, supposed to get one REM cycle. You're supposed to get one little REM cycle, yeah. But you want to keep it from dipping into that deep sleep. Although yeah. If you get in that deep sleep, you're fucked. I'm in this, and this isn't a joke, I'm in this cycle of <laughs> um, I masturbate uh-huh. midday sometimes because okay. you know, I have a lot of free time. Um, it's midday, yeah. And uh, and then I fall asleep immediately. For how long? <sighs> However long it is. But and and just- I wake up terrified. Terrified, like terrified and crusty. I wake up like like I just exited the matrix. Like, like I, <gasps> yeah, like I, I I wake up horrified. Really? And wondering if it's day or night or like I feel like I've missed something. Whenever I wake up, I feel like I, that there's something important that I just missed. Yeah, that's thing that's pretty common, right? Is you wake up from a dream when, and you're like just horrified and pantsless and crusty, having just masturbated. Well, geez, Barry, um, I think that's okay. I think that's a good place to be. It's not a good. It's not, nothing about that is a good place to be. Really, what's so bad about it? It's just, it, I shouldn't be spending like two p.m. doing that. What should you be doing? Uh, writing, writing a script. Writing a writing. script. Writing a web writing. series. Writing is the easiest thing to default to. Should like always because you could always do it. You always should be writing. But if you're always writing, then what are you writing about? Hello. Even isn't everyone writing? And this isn't this isn't a joke. I'm yeah. going to preface everything okay. with it. it isn't a joke, right? But everyone's writing a script in L.A. Um, I like don't know. Even people who aren't writers. I'm not writing one. Yeah, you are. Guarantee no, I'm, you're working I'm, on something. I'm not. I'm definitely not. I'm not actively writing on a script. You're not in any script. stage of development on any script. No. Well, yeah. But, I mean, it's not like <laughs> development in are. terms of like... Uh, ugh, this is such a dumb conversation. <laughs> I'm sorry, man. I uh, told you. Everyone is you not, should have a theme. I guess everyone is, but everyone's also full of shit. Here's why I don't say that. It's because... Years ago, when I was in college, I was in, I was, went, you know, like every privileged white person, I did, I studied abroad. It took me a long time to realize what a privilege that was. Like, that's a crazy privilege. That's like a thing yeah. that, like, man, like, I, I, I almost actually am embarrassed to talk about it a lot of times now because I'm like, wow, that's like saying, 
like my second car or something before you were like. But I feel like, like everyone in Europe does it. Does what? Studies abroad. It's like a privilege for an American because you have to cross an ocean. Yeah, but I mean, but it's still a privilege as American because it's like, like I while last night I was watching something from the Daily Show. They're talking about all these, um, you know, the whole thing with the NCAA, right? Not, not the NCAA. Is it the NCAA? The National Collegiate Athletes Association? Is that what it stands for? I don't know. Whatever. The the, <laughs> yeah. the college athletes. <laughs> yeah. This is such a. Dice. You really don't know that the NCAA is the. I don't know what it stands for, but I know what, oh, oh, I know what it oh, okay. what it means. Yeah, I don't. Yeah. I know it has to do with college athletes. I don't know the. It's like NASA. What is it? Is it National Aeronautics, National Aeronautics and Space okay. Association? But also, to me, I'm sometimes like, is it National Avionics Space? It could be. I just so made that. Up. I really don't know. See, there you go. There you go. <laughs> okay, there you go. Are so, you going to have your listeners like contact you if you make mistakes on this podcast? I have that, but most people are pretty uh, lenient as far as this podcast goes because I I preface. Um, potential mistakes with i'm a probably i'm probably going to misspeak now yeah so but that's the beauty of doing this kind of thing is we don't it doesn't matter because people misspeak all the fucking time in conversation if you want to correct somebody yeah be that guy be the guy i'll tell a different story about this but um can i can i sidetrack this for a second we are we're already on a sidetrack i have a i have a podcast idea what is it it's two comics right have their voices altered Right, like like in Home Alone, you know, he did the voice altering thing. Hey, kids for Home Alone. Yeah, you obviously haven't listened to my podcast. And they before. just say the worst things they've ever thought of about everything. Oh, you mean just like shit talking? Not even just shit talking, just like, like the ho- most horrible things. But you never know who like, it is. Like sucking a baby's dick. Exactly, but right. but real, you know. <laughs> I've, you never thought about sucking no, a baby's like dick, the, right? Um, no, but I've t- I do like to say that it was a your lot. default. That's my default. It's the mm-hmm. worst thing you can say. You said that in yeah. a TSA line. It's a great thing to say. Is that um, worse than getting a baby to suck your dick? Uh, yeah. Oh, okay. Because a baby wouldn't suck your dick, I don't think. Uh, either way, this podcast is now uh, not available. Are we starting now? <laughs> yeah. Um, well, All right. So, let's. Well, no. Well, what I was saying. Okay. Here's what I was saying about yeah. the broad thing. Okay. Is that those athlete? There's there's an athlete who's a star athlete from that uh, whole March Madness thing who's talking about how he would go to bed hungry a lot because he's so poor. Like, really poor. But he's obviously he's a star. Oh, I saw that, yeah. Yeah. And it's like, it makes me want to fucking cry. Like, honestly. And I'm thinking about, oh, I, I, you know, I got to study abroad. I didn't even realize how, what a luxury it was. But then, this goes back to the script thing. Because when I was over there, I worked for this film festival called Rain Dance. There's like these really, like, uber, uber hip people who run a very small independent film festival. And this guy also, this guy Elliot Grove also wrote a book called write and sell the hot script it's all about selling your screenplay <laughs> but it's like it, it's like an actual you know there's books on how to write a good screenplay this is about how to write a screenplay that you will sell which makes sense cuz he's not like he's being direct about what it were what, the, what was his advice oh it's a, it's a book <laughs> it's a book i mean there's got to be something that stood out but what he always talked about was there's this disease in LA and i guess maybe in london to some extent where it's like People of people, um, I wish I could remember because he's so, such a funny guy. But he would talk about how you get this itch on your upper lip that comes from uh, lying because people talk about writing like I'm writing a script when they're not actually writing at all. They're just sort of like talking about an idea. I'll talk about an idea for for years about they're writing, they're writing, quote unquote, writing something, but they're not actually doing it, and it ca- it causes this thing where the upper lip itches whenever they take a sip of coffee he has like this long explanation of it and ever since i heard that this is well before i even started doing stand-up or anything i was like oh wow yeah like it's really it sucks to be a person who 
just talks about something. It doesn't actually do it. So if I'm not, I'm not. What, actually, what itch do you get? Your upper lip starts to itch because you're lying. Because you're, like, you're lying. It's like a, sort of like a modern sort of Pinocchio type thing. Yeah. Because you're like, yeah, yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm writing something. You know, it's like you're like. And then someone explained to him that that just means people are doing coke. Maybe I, I wish I could remember what it was. It was such a funny thing. I basically told the dumbest <laughs> anecdote in the world now, based upon something that I remember from like ten or eleven years ago. Yeah. But either way, it's like he was making fun of how much people how talk much people about, talk shit about writing scripts. Well, how much they talk about it, but they're not actually doing it. Or also the same thing. Like, let's say you and I want to go see a movie tonight, right? And it's at ten o'clock, and we're like, oh, let's grab some dinner beforehand. And we get to the restaurant, and it's like. We get there like at eight, right? And it takes a while to get seated, and it ends up like ends up. We're like, oh, we're gonna miss the movie. We'll get the, we'll catch the next show, right? We'll catch the eleven thirty show. So let's go out to a bar nearby and grab a drink before this eleven thirty show. Sounds like show. a great night, by the way. Right, we should, it's a great we should night. Do this grab a bar, grab a drink at a bar nearby, and then we're having drinks, and it's like, oh shit, we're not gonna. We have to walk over there. We're not gonna make it for eleven thirty. So let's let's just go. Um, Let's go see the next show, like at, like a one, and you just keep fucking off until you miss yeah. it, all because you just didn't actually just like no, we're gonna go to the fucking ten o'clock one we said we're gonna go do. And then there's a whole other crop of people that right. finish a lot of terrible things and just yeah. do a lot of terrible things and never. Yeah. There's a lot of that, I guess. And just like just truck through, putting shit into the world. Those people are called rich. They're rich people. <laughs> those people are what you call. They're rich people. Uh, those are what, what you call people who uh, ride horses. <laughs> a friend of mine actually was just he. He told me he just got hired. He's a comic. He's not mm-hmm. like a big name or anything. Right. And uh, through a friend of a friend, a billionaire just oh. hired him to to make him a stand up comedian. Oh my he like God. hired him to come that to his house. That sounds like a fucking movie right there. Yeah, right? That's a movie. That's like he the, hired like... him and he was like, I want you, I want to be a stand up comedian oh my and I want to pay you to, to just write jokes for me and to like schedule shows for me and to like be my stand up comedian. He's doing coach. it wrong. He's doing it all the wrong. Cause what he of should Of course do... he's doing well, it no, wrong. This is what I mean. He should be, <laughs> listen, if I was the guy being paid to make a guy a stand up comedian, I would say, okay, I'm not going to write for you. I'm not going to schedule shows for you. But what I am going to do, is fuck with you, <laughs> and, yeah, and like fuck with you uh, mercilessly, and to give you like I, things to write about, like start. Like, I mean, the guy has no perspective. <laughs> he was telling me that he, he wants to do jokes about uh, like this uh, about Maseratis, and like he, he just should. doesn't have any. But that is a perspective. I mean, there's he could be like the first billionaire comedian. It might be a real a great niche. You, you know, know what? I I honestly don't think that's gonna happen. I don't I think, think I don't think this guy's ever going to be anything. I think because you said that it will, based on your joke um, about you, dancing. <laughs> 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 Tell your joke, Barry. Tell your joke here on the podcast. No, you could look it up actually at barryrothbart.com. Okay. Yeah. Are you serious? <laughs> Is it printed? <laughs> yeah. uh, printed joke jokes printed for memes Reddit, for uh, yeah. Memes. I should do more memes. People do you do think that. about that a lot? No, I don't. Because, I need to make more memes. Oh, I see I see those out in the world now. And I'm, I'm like, being sarcastic. Yeah, no, they're the worst things ever. But I see them mostly from people who are like like open mic comedians mm-hmm. doing like making a meme of their joke. Like, oh, what what is this? Oh, okay, I get it. Yeah, it, it uh, and it's like a joke about 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 like, man, I hate uh, cookies. Yeah, or man. <laughs> but it uh, makes them seem like prophets. I can't wait for it's next to their picture. I can't wait for these uh, self-parking cars. 
to uh, self park. I don't. I, I can't even write a. I can't, self, I can't write bad bits. I'm notoriously write, bad for that. I can't write jokes. I, I can only write can really write, good bits. You can write jokes. Like when you know when you want to do a fake bad joke. Yeah. Like you just tried to do. Well, I exactly. Can't do that. That's the thing is, what you, even if you're writing a fake bad joke, you have to has to be good. You know what I mean? Has to be good. Has to at least make sense. It's got to. My have go to is. Uh, I'm a. You're a pastry I, chef. What was it? You're a ding dong. Oh yeah, I uh, I'm I'm a DJ salad maker. I don't, DJ fuck, I don't remember this joke. Uh, I'm gonna pause real quick. I'm gonna use the bathroom. I have to go. I feel like we should. Uh... This food is cold. How do they expect me to eat this? The pain pill you gave me isn't working at all. Well, you just took it 10 minutes ago, Mr. McPherson. Well, isn't there something you can do? Am I supposed to just lie here and suffer? Sister Act. Sister Act. Sister Act 2 back in the habit. Okay, Barry Rothbart. Barry Rothbart is my guest here on Twisting the Wind. I'm going to... Barry's standing up. Should we do a podcast where just standing? Just the standing cast? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um... Yeah, we had a really good conversation when we were in uh, Grand Rapids together. That was fun. Did we? I feel like we did. We had a good morning. Had a nice. We had a morning. really good morning. We had a solid brunch. Yeah, we had a late a late morning, but it was a morning. It was nice and cold out there, and we uh, went to have an Irish. Was this St. Patrick's Day or the day before St. Patrick's Day? It was the day before. Yeah. It was just one of those classic things where everything other than the stand up was so great. Like yeah. I feel like everything, like hanging out with everybody, was so fun. It was a Gilda's Laugh Fest in Grand Rapids, Michigan. Yeah, I I I liked the stand up stuff, but also it, it was, it was okay. fun because it didn't matter. You know, it was sort of like yeah, just sort of it was like in a bubble. But it did. Like I it feel didn't like I, what do you mean? There was like two out of the four sets where I I think I I was like it doesn't matter. The other two I was like I don't know why I really needed to try. Well, uh, effort is the death of all things. You were great. Thanks, Barry. But, I, thought, I haven't seen you in a while, man. You were so funny. I did have a uh, mediocre set the last one because it was so fucking loud in there. Everyone was so drunk. And there was a woman in the front. I tell you about this woman who's helping a lot, doing a lot of helping. Yeah. She was helping me with the mic cable, like touching oh, no, it, and I moving didn't it around. That. I'm like, what are you fucking doing? <laughs> You're touching the mic cord right now. That's the, that's it. The most disruptive oh. people try to help. Yeah. That's always the heckling thing. A girl heckled me last night, and, and she saying, came with drunk girl. She right? raised her hand. She kept raising her hand so, during oh. my set and being like, well, I got to ask you something. So, and I kept oh. being like, shut up. And she kept being no, I got to ask you something. And then afterwards, she came by. She was like, I thought you were struggling. I thought you needed some help. Oh. No, you're struggling. And I was like, sweet. you're struggling. Uh-huh. And then she died. Oh, my God. What? That night. I'm glad she died. Yeah. That's something I've always wanted to say, but I think I've never said it in a way that made sense. But uh, if I could really loudly find a way to be like, oh, it appears you've mistaken this for a conversation. <laughs> <laughs> but I think only the people who are not wasted would understand that. If you're drunk, you're like, what, what do you mean? No, it is conversation. I'm just, I'm, you're talking and I'm listening. No, it actually, it actually worked to pick up my set a little bit. Really? Because I, I started to have something that I was really interested in doing on stage. Yeah, a live injection? Was, yeah. A I live was, injection. I yeah. just was like actually invested now in, in making her seem stupid. That so could I be wasn't, fun. I wasn't, uh, I, God, I was like just so phoning it in though before that. Yeah. Yeah. Stand-ups. So what else? <laughs> um, I want to talk to you about. What do you mean? What else? I'm just what else you want to talk about? I want to talk about about you, Barry. Yeah, I, totally. Like, Let's when do we it. were in Michigan, you told me all this stuff. And I was like, oh my god, I didn't know that about you. 
because you have a very, <laughs> Barry Rothbart, you were a, a, make sure it's recording. Barry Rothbart, you were a child bookie. I was, yeah. yeah. I seem to talk about this a lot on you podcasts, do? but. Oh, I didn't know that. No, 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 it's fine. The, what, uh. Well, people, people who listen to this podcast don't listen to other podcasts. What do you want to know? Like, if you, to. if this was like a Reddit, ask me anything. What do you want to know about a childhood bookie? Well, I want you to tell me about how that, how that came to be. My father was a bookie. So, but you grew up in New York City. I grew up in Queens. You grew up in fucking Queens. Queens, New York. Still to this day, anytime someone tells me they grew up in New York, I'm like, wait, really? Like, you can grow up there? <laughs> it's like... Yeah. Like, a, yeah, uh, I was raised by monkeys in the zoo, and then I uh, was a pancake really? flipper and a hot air balloon for 10 years. Is it and then that insane my, to you? It just doesn't make sense. I'm like, it seems, yeah, it seems like something... Spider-Man was raised uh, where I grew up. I know, but like, it just doesn't make sense to me that you can be like a normal person. Well, I wasn't like going to jazz clubs at eight years old. Like, but I, you could have is what I mean. You could have yeah, gone to jazz clubs. So you could have too. You just no, had I to couldn't. Travel I couldn't farther. have done anything. <laughs> I couldn't. The most, I guarantee oh. you, grew up, you grew up way more worldly than I did. Maybe because I traveled with my dad. When I was we like, to, like surgery conventions. And I was stuff, a but, fucking idiot my whole childhood. But you grew up in fucking New York. Yeah, I know. All I did you was got, like Puerto Rican Joe on the corner hawking uh, tomatillos, <laughs> and you got freaking uh, Danny Buckstrap down there fucking yeah, doing quarter, quarter flips. You got the guys at the barber shop who always razzing you about what you been. Oh, Barry B, what you gonna do about yeah, it? <laughs> I didn't grow up in the fifties though. <laughs> <laughs> but I mean, to some extent, isn't there like a no? It like, was. Just just like it was nothing there was no like like do the right thing neighborhood it was just like a bunch right, of right but those people that's a black neighborhood that's different that was yeah like, i grew up uh, in a very like upper middle class white jewish okay neighborhood and uh jewish yeah my dad was a criminal basically <laughs> <laughs> he was just right? a criminal and he would like i didn't know he did it he, he lied he, he said he was a music producer for really? a while yeah until Which when? is like a strangely specific, yeah, it's very specific, weird lie. Because I would, I would, he would say I could get you Bon Jovi tickets whenever you want, right? And then I would be like, tell my friends, hey, my dad could get Bon Jovi tickets. Well, how old were you? Like eight? And then or he just couldn't. Eight or nine or what? Uh, I was like, uh, I mean, my whole life he was. I mean, no, he when did he stopped. He was a. a uh, he was not a gambler at first. He started out as like he's like a math whiz. He was right. a mathematician. And he started out as the CFO of a, like a Fortune 500 company. Right. Like he was like had this great business job, and he just stole like so much money from them, and got caught and was wanted by the FBI. But he got caught because he was he was doing all kinds of uh, math stuff where he was like totally. He was just fucking with the books and right. just like pocketing money because he knew how to. Knew how to, and then right. he ended up blackmailing the CEO of the company, Rico Rico Cameras, oh, into not pressing charges. And then he couldn't work again after that. Because he got uh, blackballed. And, uh, blackballed or blacklisted? What's the blacklisted? difference? Blacklisted? I think blacklisted. I, I mean, blackballed is a great word, though. Blacklisted implies that there's a list, though. I don't know if there's yeah, a list. There's, a, there's never a list. There's it's always a like stigma. A, it's always a, yeah, it's a stink. It's a stench of of association, right? He but got so blacked. He, he was, he got, he got he was like a blacklisted from corporate from the, America. From Every financial industry from all that, and he just decided to be a full time uh, gambler and bookie. So, what is a bookie? I I didn't only recently learn what a bookie is. Like to me, I was like, I don't, I don't know. Yeah, tell tell our. Well, I want to hear what you think a bookie is. First. Well, I think a bookie is just someone who places bets for people because you can't because gambling is mostly illegal except for certain places. But it's uh, but people love to gamble. They don't place bets; they take bets. They take bets. Well, so all it I mean. is, all it is, really, really is like. 
If I bet with you right now, right. if I said, hey, I want, if the Jets were playing the Giants right. and you were like, What's hey, the- I think the Giants are going to win. Right. And I was like, I think the Jets are going to win. And I bet you 50 bucks and you right. bet me 50 bucks. Well, who's one of us is going to win. One of us isn't. Right. The bookie is the person who's betting so many, many times with other people. Right. That it's like you're hedging. Oh, so you're basically like running a casino, a, a micro casino. Yes. Because you are, you're the house. You're you the may, house. You're the house. Okay, I get it now. That's a. <clears throat> so you're just like taking action, but the thing is, you always get something. So, so it's there's there's so cool. Yeah. So you juice. It, so you basically the the difference is if a if I win, you only pay you pay me fifty. Right. But if you win, I pay you sixty. Why? Because it's juice. It's like interest. It's like a it's like a penalty for betting. Okay. For so me like giving you the privilege. It's a cost. It's, like a it's usually ten percent. Ten percent of the bet. So yeah. So you're you're basically no matter what making money. having better odds and making money. So, so let's use a better number, like like a mo- So uh, let's say if you're if you're let's if say- I'm a bookie and I got five people to bet on the Giants and then right. five other people to bet on the Jets, theoretically I would make zero. Right? Because right. one team has to win. Right. And one would cancel out the other. But it's not because I'm also charging interest. Okay. So you're yeah. always making a little bit. You're always making something. And bookies fucking kill, especially for football. Wow. They were making like, I think something like 50 million a year. Juice. Office. Wait, how would you use juice in a sentence? Uh, you got you got the juice. Really? Is that what it is? <laughs> I don't know. But it's not. Yo, uh, pff, I'm, so, are you charging juice? Okay. We charge juice. It's ten percent juice. But this is an office. He had an office that he. There was an office. It was. It had ties to the Gambino crime family, oh, like wow. mafia thing. Yeah. Um, and uh, he he worked at it, and right. then he like moved up and became like one of the higher ups okay, there. So he didn't he didn't create it. He worked there. And he then, worked there, but then he like did his thing of just. But then he also good. had his own like side business where he would take people's bets. And then on top of that... A boutique bookie. Like, yeah, he had like his own niche... Jesus, man. ...bookie thing. And then I started working for his office. Like, it started out... I started doing like chores. I would go there. at that point? I was like 12, 13. Okay, so did you know what was going on there? Yeah, but I didn't think it was wrong. It was just like what my dad was doing. Which is betting. It's just his office. It's his office. Yeah. Which is probably like... Like, you're dope. When you're 12, you're just like... Yeah. My dad does it, so it can't be wrong. And a lot of people do it. Like, it's an office. Yeah, it's, it's an office. Like I don't a, know what you're doing in your office. They have it's staples, they have paper. But it chairs. didn't look like an office. It, it was okay. just it was just a room with white walls. Right. Just like a big room with a with a folding table, like at a barbecue in the right. middle of the room, and just a bunch of phones on this table. And they would just sit around this table and just take phone what calls. What about paper? Uh, yeah, there was tons of paper on the down. tables to write down bets. Okay. And later on I became the guy who had to move the, the papers from one place right. to another. What so does they that would mean? pay me you move because they would have to go to the people who are going to score the bets. So they would write down all these bets on on these slips, right? And then I would in a in a garbage bag take oh all God. these fucking tickets, tickets to another person who would who would score them. So where does the money come from? Though, where is like, is it cash? Is it all cash? All cash, yeah. It's all cash. So people give. So how do they how do they hold it? Like how do they. They keep the cash in the office, or what? There was a guy. This is actually really crazy. Oh, this is so there good. is a money guy. Yeah, and so everybody got gets paid Monday. Monday's right. the payday, Man. and you're not going to just send them a check or anything. So you have to physically 
walk somewhere Courier. with money. Right. So this guy would have like probably a hundred thousand cash on him. Jesus. Walking around New York and he looked like a homeless person. Oh my God. He looked like he I swear he looked like a homeless person. Was he like he was had this long, scraggly hair. He wore this ripped, dirty jacket. So his, on purpose, his right? fingernails were all like grown out yeah. and he was carrying a hundred thousand cash. <clears throat> all over the city every so, Monday. So is this a guy who was dressed that way to keep him? I think he was chosen because he looks chosen. that way. But how is someone like that trustworthy with that much money? Because people would know if you stole it, like oh, immediately. Fucking, yeah, you just you'd be done. Yeah, you you just lose your job. <laughs> <laughs> you lose your job. You lose your life. Probably. Yeah, you lose your legs. Well, oh, it, you so know the crazy. the whole like beating people up is a myth. Like that doesn't happen in, in with bookies. Okay, how's how how's it happen then? Well, so if you don't pay, pay you right. just you can't bet anymore, and the incentive to bet is so much higher. Okay, because you want to make that money. You want to make it back. If you lost, you're like, I got to double up. And you're not going to let people bet who who don't have the credit. Like, you're going to know how right. much money they could afford. You're going to uh, have money already, you know, with you that they've given you. So it's like PayPal. Yeah. <laughs> it's like that part in, uh, you saw that movie Cocaine Cowboys, the documentary about yeah, yeah. cocaine. How like the the main guys like Mickey Monday and the other guy are like, yeah, it's not like that's not what anyone thinks. It was really boring and nothing ever bad happened. It was like two normal people exchanging <laughs> in the daytime. There's nothing like there's no guns. There's no testing the product with a knife. There's none of that. None of that at all. It's just very, very. Of course low it key. is. Yeah, it's very business. It's business like. No, this was so boring. Wow. Like this office was so fucking boring. Jesus Christ! It's but so then they funny. would get arrested sometimes. My dad got arrested twice. Like how's they that, just get how's raided? They get raided by the feds. That's the, here's the thing: is they there's no warning. There's no like mm-hmm. they literally battering ram the door down because they want to catch you in the act. They want to. They, they have get... to catch you in the act. Oh my! Has God. to be a surprise. So they will just burst in. Imagine we were in this room right now, and all of a sudden the door fell down, oh, and cops me. ran in. Yeah. So that's what it was like. And then you'd get out. He would get out a few hours later, and the charges would somehow be dropped, and then he would be back in business. Jeez. Like that's how powerful these guys were. They would just get you out immediately. Well, who are these guys? Are these powerful guys? You know, I don't know. The, the lawyers like the, for the crime. God, syndicate. who knows what? Wow. Yeah. They get you out, but like it's just what is it? What's the charge? Racketeering or what's is it? Uh, Probably. What is racketeering? But he would never get charged. It would like never get past the point where it was it just like stick. I think what they want, they just want to show on the news that they're working on this, right? So the the news would always. My dad was on the news twice actually, oh God, like being taken out in handcuffs. Wow. And then they would be back doing it the next day. Man, I just can't imagine that. It just seems so to me. It's like so exotic that it seems unreal. So little Barry Rothbrus running around with a fucking trash bag filled with bets, little little slips of paper. Yeah, it was great. It was the time of my life, man. I loved it. Wow. It was all these guys who would just give you cash for no reason. Mm-hmm. Like that's these guys would love to just give you cash. They give the kids cash. I love like cash. you come in, they're like, hey, look who it is. Hey, Here's 20 bucks. 20 bucks just for being you. Just for being you. 20 bucks. And back in the 50s, 20 bucks. That was a, that was a lot. It was a lot of money. And they would just eat, eat a lot. There were all these fat... Dudes, and they would uh, just like awesome guys. Were they? And then one one would go to jail, and you'd be like, "Oh, where did he go?" And my dad would be like, "Ah, you know, he moved. He moved. I'm <laughs> <laughs> oh, going to jail for what though? I thought the last time these charges like, did psh- stick. Hurt like hurting someone. Hurt, oh, hurting someone. <laughs> <laughs> you get a charge of hurting. What did you someone? get charged for? Uh, hurting someone. <laughs> oh, you mean uh, assault? No, it's just hurt, hurting I hurt someone. Some, I hurt somebody. Yeah. 
Hurt him, maybe killed him. Hurt him, maybe killed him double, maybe killed him twice. Who knows? Yeah, so there was, uh, and then there was a period of time where I got older and I started doing it myself, really? like actually getting clients. Because you learned how to do it. Yeah. You like learn from your dad. Learn the business. Watching it. Yeah. So you start, were you like high school age or what? High school. I started, uh, getting this my is in friends. New York City, right? Yeah. What, PS122? <laughs> you know about PS's. You know about PS. Is that not anywhere else? No. That not, not that I know of. Shocks me. Oh, you want the PS2? PS1126? Ah, you Yeah, but that's know. elementary. That's not high school. Oh, it's not? No, that's like okay. one through six. So you went to PS is one through six? Yeah. Uh, so in high school, you started doing the, the numbers. Names. Names? Well, there is. No, there is a high school na- a number, but I don't Rose know what about. it was. Everybody just goes, it was Forest Jefferson. Hills. Forest Hills. Yeah. Where'd so you go? What school was your school name? The Lourdes High School. Lourdes? Catholic. Our Lady of Lourdes. Oh. Lourdes. Lourdes. Co-ed? Yeah. That's oh, hot. yeah. Co-ed. Dress code. Were Catholic school girls more fun? I mean, not for me. Not for you. I didn't really experience anything. Um, I heard about blowjobs and stuff. Remember when I first oh, heard about great. that? I was like, wait a second. You're telling wait me. Wait a second. You're, you're telling, telling me. me the blah blah did a blowjob like I can't say names I remember it was always in the bathroom in the school bathroom yeah well, the there were a lot of kids in my school who liked to do drugs yeah and I think after I left the senior class after the year after I left it was crazy shit like kids doing dealing coke out of their lockers they had a drug dog come into the school to sniff all the fucking oh shit. we had that but this was this was a small Catholic high school in Rochester Minnesota where there was like shit going on that I couldn't believe. And I was like, I'm missing out on this. Like these hotter, younger girls who I always would like fantasize about. Like I'm hearing about them smoking salvia in the bathroom and doing coke. Yeah. Like, and then like blowing a 19 year old kid. I guess so. Yeah. I mean, I even, I don't it was even always know. that one older kid who was left back who every girl fucked. I mean, I don't know if that really happened at our school because we, yeah. Cause Keith. Was, His name was Keith. Keith. It was always like a Keith or a. Didn't have it, man. Like Kevin. You didn't have it was that a chain shit. name. We just had people who liked to smoke, and they had people who were the goody goody goodies and the and like the dirties. We had race wars. Oh my Two god! Two people died in our what? high school from race wars. We didn't have. We didn't guess what we had. We didn't have races. We had white people. It was there was there the were Chinese no... were fighting the Russians. Are you serious? I swear to God! And uh, God fucking damn it! We would man. go outside, and there would be planned rumbles. You just said out school. loud the Chinese were fighting the Russians. With no irony whatsoever. They were. The Chinese were they fighting were, the Russians. They were, man. They were fighting the Russians. And like, they uh, and the fights would just keep escalating. And then they would happen in various places in the neighborhood. And right. then one night after a party, a Russian party, uh, these Russian kids ventured out and ran into these Chinese kids and killed them. They killed two kids. Kill, killed them. How'd they kill them? With baseball bats. What the fuck? And then then these Chinese kids tried to kill these Russian kids after school. What and happened? they went to jail. Oh, my I, God. It was, just, it was crazy. These are 17 year olds. These, no, this is like 16. Doing 15, murders. 16, doing murders. How big a school are we talking about here? It was like 3,000 students. Oh, maybe? see, my, my school had like 300 kids. Yeah. But you... So you didn't get involved in this stuff because you were running numbers. So everyone's wants to be a friend with Barry Rothbard because Barry's like no one knew, man. No one, no one knew? knew. What do you mean? But the people knew a small you, small group of people. Like you don't want to advertise people, it. How many people did you have on your roster? Well, I was doing a thing, and this is this is still something that blows people's minds for some reason. It was right. called a pick five, right? So you the, you print out cards. Mm-hmm. So it was always for football. 
Right. So on any given on any given football game weekend, there's about 15 games. Right. You pick you pick seven games out of those 15 games, so it's like half the games. You right. want to pick games that are like not going to probably be blowouts. Right. And you give it to people, and it's five bucks to buy it. You pick five teams, mm-hmm. and if you get all five right, you win three hundred bucks. I think it okay. was. And people odds. are like, "Yeah, five. I could pick five but teams." The odds are, but stacked. it's impossible. <laughs> it's an impossibility. Mathematically, it's so fucking hard to pick five in right? a row. That's like it's, and people are always blown away. They're like, wow. "That seems so easy." Like picking five teams. That's how you do pick it. Pick five winners out of games where I've purposely chosen the ones that, ones that not are close be a, yeah it's wow. super duper hard so did you ever pay out like once in so two years you would make how many people would be buying these five pickers a lot i would i think i was making like at some point i was making 50 to 75 a weekend wow yeah that's pretty good yeah and for doing almost nothing doing nothing just printing out these tickets so that was just one aspect of your uh, business that was that was what I started out doing, and okay. then eventually people would be like, "Hey, I want to just put money on the game." Right. And then my, I, you know, I went to my dad, and I was like, "What do I do?" And he walked me through what and he to goes, do. Barry. Barry. So, something called juice. Something okay. called juice. Oh my god! I can't imagine my dad. <laughs> no, it was it was even it was even more intense than that. Really? Like he sat me down and had the gambling talk. Like Which he sat what? me down and was like, "Here's what you got to do. Here's the rules." Here's what you, here's the people you never let bet. Oh, who are those people? The people you never let bet are the people who, who instantly want credit. What's that mean? Like oh, people well, who are that... like, I can't pay you ne- this week, but I'll pay you next week. Okay. You like, can't. Just bet. don't even let them you bet. You can't even let them bet. Yeah. But the people who are like paying you up front are the ones you, you want. And then he, he got me in on this deal where he covered a hundred percent of my losses. Wow. And, and took half my winnings. That's kind of not a great deal, is it? No, it's great. I had is zero it? risk. Oh, zero I had risk. Zero but, risk. But taking half, taking fifty percent—that's a lot. That's a lot of your profit. I mean, it was great. I all I had to do was was just get people to bet, and, and if they lost, it was paid for. That sounds like a really like great bonding. <clears throat> I mean, if they experience. won, it was paid for, and if they lost, I would take half. That's a really great bonding experience. It sounds. It was. Like. Yeah. It was great. Oh, my dad and I were super close. I can't imagine working with my dad on something like that closely. And I started, then when I went to college, it picked up a lot. I, I got this one frat house to like bet with me every weekend and it was crazy. Didn't you say you had like a technique? You'd go to like a frat party and you just start like fucking. Yeah. You wait till everyone gets drunk. Right. And then you, the football game would start because they would always, it, I went to school in Massachusetts and right. like football was huge. Mm-hmm. So you'd, Monday night was usually big because like people Monday would plan a party around it. Right. So it's nighttime, everybody's getting drunk, and you're just like, here, look, who wants to take some action? And like, you have like, everybody's like, I like this team, I like that team, and I just like the Browns. Yeah, they don't, they don't care. And, uh, and yeah, it went great. Man. So, how much, at this point, your dad wasn't covering your losses, though? Oh, when I was in college? Yeah. Um, you figured out the game at this point, you had it down. I would just have people hand me money, and I would just like, it, it, enough people were betting stupidly where I was just able to make money. Man, you, I was making in like my senior year of high school, just from working at this gambling office. Mm-hmm. You know, just like moving evidence around. Basically, I would dispose of evidence. Oh my god! I and then doing this side thing, I was making for like a high school kid. I was making like six hundred cash a week, something like that. Whoa! Yeah, 
That's so much. That's so much walking around money. Isn't it? For a high school kid? I was like, take, what I like instantly turned into like a 1970s old Jewish guy. Like I, I went to Miami. By yourself? No, with my girlfriend. What? You bought a plane ticket and went to Miami? Bought a plane ticket and went to Miami. For what? I started like, I started just eating out. I would eat pastrami sandwiches all the time. <laughs> <laughs> that what was like that? how I wanted to spend my money. When you went to Miami, were you guys, were you guys having sex? No. Okay. We were like 16. I don't know. I bought a ticket. I went to, this is, this is how crazy it was. I went to a Liberty Travel with cash in hand and was like, (laughs) Hey, how do I get to Miami? And they were like, How old are you? I was like 16. They were like, We need a parent's signature. Right. And I was like, Done. And I went and got my dad's signature, came back. I was like, How much cash to fly to Miami? They were like, Whatever it was at the time, probably like 500 bucks. uh, No, it was like a lot. Remember when like, when traveling was like, elusive like it was like hard to travel no because i wasn't buying plane tickets when i was 16 (laughs) but there was still like you couldn't like go on orbits and just buy a thing like you had to like get someone to do it for you there was a dip about i think it was about six years ago when i was in new york i remember for after i did made in the loop i remember some seeing julian mccullough tell some joke about how cheap flights were i think it was right at the tail end of when Flights were super cheap for some reason. It was like, what? They two, still are. Flying not, no, from New not. York they've to not, LA is incredibly inexpensive. They've changed since... The, there was a period of time when it was like... It was very easy to get really cheap tickets. Like before the before the boom. Before the um, the bubble. The, before the bubble burst. Like 2007, 2006. <laughs> yeah. It was very... 2008. You can get really cheap plane tickets, but... Yeah, but back then, yeah. But I feel like back then you couldn't a, even just get them. You had to like go to an agent. Right, it was still a thing that. <clears> like, how did you travel in 1997? You had money. You, but you would have to go to a human being who yeah. worked at a travel agency. Travel agency, and they would have to mm-hmm. like. Well, they take a percentage. Yeah, they're a bookie. They're a bookie, and it was. Uh, I just remember plopping down a bunch of money, and they were like, Gosh. "What hotel do you want to go to?" I'm like. Give me a nice one. <laughs> and I think I plopped down like twelve hundred bucks on the so trip. So you guys plopped down twelve hundred bucks. You go there for a weekend. Just me. I paid for her to to go. Go right. And we just went there for a weekend. And What'd I remember do? not knowing what to do. What'd I just do? went there. We stayed at a hotel. We went in the pool Did and like went out? to the beach. Made out. Did you like get naked? Yeah, of course. Oh man. But you didn't have sex. You didn't have sex. No, it was just like hand mouth stuff. God, that's amazing. And. uh but some butt stuff, I think. Like some the beginnings butt of butt stuff. What do you mean? Some like having anal sex? No, no. Just like, you know, touching. Touching the anus. Touching, feeling it. Like touching the anus? Yeah. Like sort of like investigating it like a doctor? Or I really think like, so. Like, yeah. I, I, I remember it being really, really weird and taboo. Did but you clean it? We did it. Did I clean my finger or her, clean, or her ass? Either, either one. Cleaned her ass. You cleaned her ass. Yeah. So you just, you That's how we started. It started out with watching it. <laughs> Oh my gosh! So you went to Miami Beach with your girlfriend so you could wash her ass. Uh huh. What's she up to now? You know where she is? This girlfriend? She is. Should I use her full name or no? That's your choice. <laughs> it is. It's your choice. It's not. No, me. I. Yeah, she's she's doing great. What is she like? Doing great in what sense? Like a local hero. She's, uh, she's a yeah local local hero. <laughs> she like one of those she saved a so, bunch of babies from a burning bus. Do you like keep them t- Do you like still know her through Facebook or something like that? Facebook, yeah. Is she? Are there a lot of people you grew up with who are like you see them now and they're like a caricature from a movie? Like, you know what I mean? Yeah, I feel like I'm the only one who who didn't Stick have up. a life that 
seemed really reasonable at that time. Right. Like, I feel like everyone is two things. They're either like a doctor now. Right. Or they work in finance. Uh-huh. Or they just like ride uh, dirt bikes. Oh, dirt bikes? There's a lot of dirt bike guys. What about like the... So you only knew like... Um, I'm not friends with anyone from my From the life. formative booking years? From anyone from high school or college. Really? No, no, I don't no. talk to not one person. Okay. Yeah. Do not you? One. Uh, yeah, I have a lot of good friends still from that era. Zero. I have like a couple, two or three really close friends from that era. It's strange. I don't. I just like, at some point I just totally changed. I think at like 18 or 19, I was just like, right. I'm going to be the most different person than what Wait, I was. So you're, so you're in college and you're doing bookings and stuff and you're, you bounced around to some colleges, right? Yeah. Yeah. But you, what were you studying then? What did you want to do? I want to do finance. I want to do finance. And then I had to be a thief. You want to be a, I just a had rich like, thief. You probably changed a lot in college, right? Yeah, everybody does. But I like I had just over the I course of the I was living with a girl. I went to college with a girl, with my girlfriend, the same girl that I took to Miami. Oh, okay. So you guys were together for a while. Yeah, and we decided to live together. Wow. Our freshman year. Fucking in bad choice. <clears throat> Huge mistake. Yeah. I was so miserable. Yeah. My dad had gotten arrested for gambling. I was like, this is not the life I want. What? I don't like any of the people I'm hanging out with. What happened at this point to get him arrested? It was just like just they had more evidence. one of those things. Evidence. And this was actually a bigger one because the FBI was now involved. Oh, my God. And I found out later he became an informant briefly. Wow. But uh, I was like, I don't want this life. I, you know, like I just, I started actually like learning about culture and I wanted to right. be a comedian and like... Wait, um... I just didn't things. want to be like an idiot anymore. You said your dad was an informant. Doesn't that sort of like put you at risk? Because it's not like a th- that's like a big deal to be an informant if you have mafia ties. No right? one ever found out. Well, there you just said it. But, I mean, he's dead now. He's dead, but yeah. there's no like retribution kind of thing at all. Where they want to like get back at Barry's kid because he, you know, what I, I don't mean? even know what happened with it. He actually was. It happened once before. I remember I was like probably seven or eight years old, right. and um. We were like, you know, you're just such a dope when you're that age. You don't know what's happening. No. But we met a guy on somewhere on the streets of New York, mm-hmm. a guy in a suit. I'll never forget this. And we walked into an office building mm-hmm. and it was closed. It was like a Saturday or something. And he walked into this room that looked a lot like, you know, just white walls and the table in the middle God. and started planting cameras Holy in shit. weird places, like little tiny cameras in the corners of the walls. And uh, and then we just left. <laughs> that was it. I remember like he Fuck. let the guy in. The guy planted cameras, and I found out later it was a, an FBI guy. But it's weird. Your dad went on to keep working in the kept working there. I don't know how that works, but wow. And I think, and then after the FBI, FBI started getting involved, the all these places, which is the reason they don't exist now, they all started moving to Costa Rica. Okay. So they they moved offshore and created websites. Yeah, now that are now just websites, and it's like so boring. It's boring, and you don't have a relationship with a bookie. It's just kind of like you just enter your credit card info, and but people must still have bookies like like what you sort of did in college and high school. Yeah, but not these big rings. Yeah, they don't exist anymore, as far as I know. Man, it was the good old days. But so you say you started to get old. What made you interested in doing stand up comedy then? I just always, I always loved it. My dad would take me to comedy clubs when really? I was a kid. Yeah, we would go to the comedy cellar when I was like a teenager. Who, oh my God. I and can't he imagine loved, that. He loved comedy. 
Who did you see? Anyone, anyone you remember? Anyone notable? Yeah, Those like Seinfeld. You I saw, saw Seinfeld Hedberg as a child. And, yeah, I saw shit. Seinfeld walked in. Isn't that nuts? God. This and I was like, before. this is like, ma- it's like wizardry. Like, it's so insane that these humans can just make a room full of strangers laugh. And they're comfortable. And they're comfortable. It. I was like blown away. The cellar. And then I, I saw, I remember actually what changed everything was I saw Mr. Show, the, my freshman year of college. Right. My friend introduced me to Mr. Show. It was also I started smoking pot. That changed okay. a lot. But, yeah. Um, and I was like, this is the greatest thing I've ever seen. Mm-hmm. I have to do sketch and stand up. Right. And, and then I just was like so depressed. So I just was like, I need something. So I called up a bunch of comedy clubs in the area. This is in New York City? No, Boston. Boston. Or Lowell. I went to Lowell. UMass Lowell. UMass Lowell. And uh, I called up a bunch of comedy clubs. I was like, I want to be a comedian. Can I get on stage? What would they say? And they would be like, yeah, we have these bringer nights. Right. I did a bringer night and it was... How'd it go? Terrible. But it wasn't. It must have been that terrible because you like... It's pretty bad. But you saw through the terribleness, you know? That's no, I just was about. like... I, I stopped for like a year after that. Okay. And then I was like... I, I moved back to New York. You did it one time. Did it one time. Moved back to New York. And after was, college. And just wanted to try it again and that show went well. This is after you graduated from college? Didn't graduate. I just okay. transferred. Transfer, transfer, transfer. To Hofstra. Hofstra. And that was when I was like, I want to do film. I want to do film. I, I want to be an film. artist. It's, I started becoming like what, you know, what you think is political at that age. Like, you know, political. I, I started like watching Michael Moore movies right. and I was like, I'm political now. And I'm like, Medicated. I started to yeah let my hair grow out more. And right. I don't know. Read. So everything you're saying, read. I'm saying like, I'm, I'm political now. I'm going to do comedy. Yeah, I spoke like that. Really? I had a New York accent. Yeah. Can you do a New York accent for me for like the next minute? Let's just talk. Okay, yeah. Hey, I'm, a, I'm a dentist. Oh, uh, yeah. Hey, good to see you, Barry. Come on hey, in. Good to see you, dentist. So, what are you, um, um, so what are you, uh, how are your teeth? Pretty good. Pretty good, huh? Pretty have good you teeth. been flossing, Barry? No. No, you, have, you haven't been flossing. No, floss. So, you still, um, I'm just curious because I, I, there's a big sports game. What are you curious like about? Well, I you know I know that we dentists know things when we see the, the teeth of the people. What the fuck you, you just do you can do this whole day? You oh, that's touch my teeth. <laughs> <laughs> when did you stop talking like a goomba? <laughs> uh, uh, so, yeah, around that time I just started watching movies. So more. if you go back to New York, does it ever fall back in or no? No, no. Why not? I don't know. Just done. Just done. Just done. No more New York accent. No more New York accent. But it's you're doing it now. It's not hard. What it's, if you get like really drunk or something, huh? A lot of times when people get drunk, they fall into it. I, You know what I do? I like drink. a more heightened version of a New York accent. Like, hey, yeah, it's me. Yeah, it's me, Jimmy. What are you when doing? you're drunk? I like, I like doing it. I don't do it without realizing it. Do you have any... Did you like have any water. Day? I say water. Water. But yeah. that's normal. I have friends who grew up in Syracuse until they were 10 and only, coffee. Only I say coffee. Time. Coffee, water, yeah. water. Say it again. Say water again. Water. Water, but it's like water. 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 Uh, it's bringing so, some hot water. I think what happens is at some point when you become self-aware, right? You know, like like I think it, it, there's a point in every person who does comedy or art. Where you start to really be critical of who you are. Yeah. Where you're like, I sound stupid. 
Okay, I sound like... And you make a conscious effort to sound less stupid? I saw something... I was reading about Stephen Colbert yesterday, because I like him a lot. Who's that? Stephen Colbert? Yeah. I was reading about him, about how he... Who's uh, Stephen Colbert? He's a guy who has a show on the Comedy Central called The Colbert Report. Okay. He's a comedian. He um, he's, uh, used to be on The Daily Show, and now he's going to be hosting Late Night. He's taking David Letterman's place. Oh, really? Yeah. So I read a little about Stephen Colbert, and he grew up in like um, D.C. and Virginia, which is, you know, not really the South, but south and south, Southern enough to have an accent. Uh-huh. And he says his parents really impressed upon him not to sound like a Southerner because you sound, well, because he saw like the tropes and movies and stuff where Southerners are, Southern accent makes you sound stupid. Yeah. So he sort of adopted, he purposely adopted the way to speak like yeah. a newscaster. Because he didn't want to sound like a like an because I guess intellectualism was very important in his family. So I, intellectualism was not important really? in my family. But once I started to hear more intellectual things and he- heard my own voice, Were you embarrassed? I was like, I need to change something. You embarrassed of your family at all? Do you ever feel like? Yeah, it's like the same when you start dressing like everyone. Yeah. Around you, like when you start dressing cool, right? You, did you have that moment? Like it was always in. Co- I think it was in college for me too, where I was like, I need to dress a certain way, right? I never had a fashion. Yeah, I don't know. I mean, I, I, I. Kind I mean, of, now I don't either. But like, I kind of moved around. There was a period of time where I was like, I need to look like an artist. Like an I look, artist. need to look like a comedian. I don't know. I never even thought about that. Looking like a comedian, because what does a comedian look like? I just thought there was an Stupid? element of cool. I wore cool. a blazer. Blazer with a t-shirt underneath? No, I, it was a blazer with a button-down shirt. Okay. And like... Uh, Jeans? Corduroy. Corduroy. I, I shopped at Eddie Bauer. Eddie Bauer. <laughs> yeah, Eddie Bauer. Fly fishing apparel made nice. Yeah, but I was just like... I Everything started to become... like I was very aware of everything. Right. I was super aware of what I was doing. Because I, I... You know... When you are a fan of something and then you get into it, there's a huge gap between what you're seeing you're you're doing. Do you see that Ira Glass quote? I saw that. Yeah, it makes sense. It's I think it's a really good little quote. Maybe I'll put it on the website. Uh, maybe I'll put it. I'll throw it into the uh, mix here. Right. Let's take a but quick break. Ad- no, no, no. I'll take a quick break and we'll play it and we'll come back. It's a nice little quote. I think it's good. I think I think it's good. Nobody uh, tells people who are beginners, and I really wish somebody had told this to me is that um, all of us who do creative work, like, you know, we get into it. And we get into it because we have good taste. But it's like there's a gap that for the first couple of years that you're making stuff, what you're making isn't so good, okay? It's not that great. It's, it's, it's trying to be good. It has ambition to be good, but it's not quite that good. But your taste, the thing that got you into the game, your taste is still killer. And your taste is good enough that you can tell that what you're making is kind of a disappointment to you. You know what I mean? A lot of people never get past that phase. A lot of people at that point, they quit. And the thing I would just like say to you with all my heart is that most everybody I know who does interesting creative work, they went through a phase of years where they had really good taste, they could tell what they were making wasn't as good as they wanted it to be. They knew it felt short. It didn't have this special thing that we wanted it to have. And the thing I would say to you is everybody goes through that. And for you to go through it, if you're going through it right now, if you're just getting out of that phase, you got to know it's totally normal. And the most important possible thing you could do is do a lot of work. Do a huge volume of work. Put yourself on a deadline so that every week or every month you know you're going to finish one story. Because it's only by actually going through a volume of work that you're actually going to ca- catch up and close that gap. 
and your the work you're making will be as good as your ambitions. In my case, like I, I took longer to figure out how to do this than anybody I've ever met. It takes a while. It's going to take you a while. It's normal to take a while, and you just have to fight your way through that. Okay? Shaba ranks, Jao, Rastafari, I and I. Bra, bra. This year now, Lana Judah, Pink, and the We are back after listening to a really nice quote from uh, Ira Glass. Hello. Glass, who's someone this who, is Ira Glass. Perennial, per, he, he, he annoys me constantly, but I will say Chapter that it's one. Like, yeah, I mean, I've been listening to that a show. A man walks into a bar. Um, in, a high, in college, my friend and I, Steve. He's never been to this bar. Chapter one. Starley Kine reports. You're doing it wrong, Barry. This is how you do it. Stay with us. <laughs> Chapter five. Sarah Val goes to a horse bar. <laughs> I can't actually can't help you anymore. Um, there's, there are people out there. Who, uh, chapter one. Chapter two. Ira Glass. Chapter two. Chapstick. Some people use it. Some people use it every day. Some people have never heard of it. Sarah Val finds people who've never it, put If you're just joining us, we are at Hampton High School. So there's something that happens when you turn 16. You get to drive. But what if you live in a place that makes the cars that people drive? <laughs> <laughs> it's like not even fun to make fun of anymore. It's so like when? overly hack. It's like it's done. How it's is not? Show? No one makes fun of it. They do. They made. Do fun you of ever it. listen to uh, uh, what's her name? Uh, 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 Roads. Diane Reams. Yeah, I used to listen to her in college. Diane. She's not on NPR anymore. She is. Well, not not the station I listen to. What what do you listen to? Uh, She's honestly not on KPCC at all. Really? Ever. She used to be. On W. What's wrong with her? Has anyone discovered a, what's wrong with her? She had a nod, a node on her vocal cords or something like that effect. Yeah, yeah. I think maybe she had cancer or something, Ugh. and she had to have it. You know, she's uh, she's Middle Eastern. Really? Or she's partially Middle Eastern descent. She's not who she sounds like. Is that, that's all I can say. She's not like an old. She's not like woman. on her deathbed doing a, no. a, t- a radio because show. Because if she had, then she's been like outliving. Like, you know, we, we, we keep giving her one month, but she keeps blowing past the projections. It's like spit it out. There is something that you said. When, no, it's like uh, no, it's like no, it's not. It's like this. no, it's like uh, no, it's like no, 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 it's not. It's like uh, when, when you were a child, you spoke to people you about how wrote a book. And it was like to have a penis. In is your there face. anything more boring than when they interview authors on uh, those shows? I think sometimes no. Fiction authors is the most boring. They're just always it's always just like you know in chapter four when you, you when you made the character return home for the first time. I heard an interview one time was that with this guy mirroring your life. There's this book called Praying to a Laughing God by I can't remember his name or not. It's something Mc. Something McCall Kevin McCauley, I think is his name. Macaulay Culkin? No, Kevin McCauley wrote a book called Play- Praying to a Laughing God. He's an author who lives in Minnesota. I remember hearing him on the radio about 15 years ago talking about how he wrote the entire book while in the bathtub. No way. Because he couldn't afford to pay his heating bill, but in Minnesota, but his landlady paid for the hot water. Go for it, yeah. His landlady paid for the hot water, so... He would just sit in the fucking freezing cold winter of Minnesota in the bathtub writing all day. And that's how he wrote the book. I was like, that's badass. And I read the book. And I liked the book a lot. And I was like, I probably... The What's it I, called? Called Praying to a Laughing God. It's about an old man named Carl Credible who like... Carl Credible? No, I think he lives in Credible, Minnesota. Oh. And he, that's he's his like, name. 
Yeah. I, I, seems, I don't remember his name, but it's, you know, it's pretty bleak. It's like about, I don't know, I should read it again. I read it when I was so much younger. To read it We're now. doing exactly the thing I hate about radio shows and podcasts. What? Talking about books. Why? Because it's like, just read the book. Like, Well, sometimes you have to know about a book to, to read it, right? No, it's more interesting to hear the story of the author. Like, who wants to just talk about a fucking book? That's the most boring thing on a, on a radio show. I'm, I'm so I'm, this book was great, and the chapters really well, flew by. Here's the deal, Barry. I'm suggesting this to the listeners that they would like to read this book, and I'll put it on the website. Say, hey, check out this book. Buy I feel it. Like you don't even have a website. You just keep bringing up this website. You don't know shit about this podcast. A yeah, there's a website. What is it? It's on Feral Audio. You're listening to Twisting the Wind on, Fer- on the Feral Audio <laughs> Network with Johnny Pemberton with his irreverently bitchy guest Barry Rothbart. I ain't bitchy. You bitchy. Oh, you bitchy. You bitchy. Teenage bookie. He got, he got all his yayas out so young. Where were we? We had we had a point to all this. We were talking Ira about Glass. We were talking about comedy and how you started. When we were first doing it. How we were terrible, but how it was a thing where you were such a big fan of it because you saw it as a young person. Mm-hmm. You saw these amazing comedians as a young person because you were a super then, cool kid who grew up in New York City. All I wanted to do was be David Cross really? for most of my early years of comedy. Why? I don't know. Did you listen to to a comedian when you first started doing comedy? Was there like one comedian you would listen to over and over again? Um, I guess so. When I first started doing it, but when I first started doing it, I st- it was when I moved to LA and I had st- all of a sudden seen comedy that I'd never seen before. Like I remember seeing Howard Kramer and seeing like uh, I definitely remember seeing Howard Kramer and being like and Dick Jerry Minor and people at the uh, that one show um, at Comedy Death Ray. I had never seen these people before. I didn't know them from like watching an evening at the improv or stuff like that and thinking they were so funny and just being like, how is this stuff? Like, how do I not know about this? This is crazy. And I also remember feeling like, like really cool. Cause I'm like, wow, I get to see this and like no one else has seen it. Tommy Jethro was the coolest. Oh, but it was some of the there stuff. There's nothing was some, cooler than that. I had never laughed that hard before. I think I'd. It was really, like the bad kids. I'd like never, your... I'd never laughed that hard. So. I guess I don't know really know that there's like a one comedian, but just like seeing people who I'd never seen before talking. You must have about emulated stuff. someone. I don't know, man. I mean, maybe I feel like I'm really bad at figuring out what I'm doing. You know what I mean? Like you know how you say like someone, oh, that someone that person has a great voice. Like you can, they have a really unique voice. Yeah. Like you could, you have like, a unique voice. Well, if you say that, I'm unaware. I'm kind of unaware of it. And the fact that you don't have a voice. Oh, thanks. You have this, this like really unique lack of voice. Oh, thanks, thanks, Barry. <laughs> you just you you know you have this just like kind of no point of view point. Yeah, of view, you know? that's what that's like just really like coming from nowhere but saying everything. I did think about this uh-huh. recently that I don't I don't ever feel comfortable creating an idea. I just attack other people's things. Really? Like I feel like I'm just I make fun of things more than I'm able to to like. Put a funny idea out there. Well, someone would say that there's no such thing as a, an idea, really. Everything that comes from everything, which I believe is true. I think that, you know, no one, no one creates anything. But so many comics are just like, you know, here's how I feel about Mexican food. Yeah. You know, I never have that. It's always just you like, lay it here's out. what some guy said about Mexican food. What an idiot. That's not true because you have that. You have stuff I've seen where you talk about stuff you present the, uh, you tell people what... But it's always in the context of making fun of someone else. It's always in the context of like, this guy said this, or ironically making fun of a joke. Maybe. I don't know, Barry. I can't help you. Just, I'm just saying, it's just, what, I can't fucking say something here? You can. I just saw, I'm just saying, I don't think it's true, because I think I've seen you do jokes that aren't just uh, commentary. Name one. 
I don't know. I think everything's commentary. Unless unless it's dancing or singing, it's commentary. Unless a foreign, <laughs> unless a, I'm not kidding. Unless a foreigner or a child can laugh at it, while you're doing is commentary. You're not really doing anything. You're not doing theater. You're not doing anything um, special because you're just commenting. It's it's like language. It's it's language based and it's language limited, which isn't bad. I just think it's you have to be. Did you watch someone like Bill Burr and yeah. he's just like putting these Bill Burr's philosophical ideas into the world. He is, but that's still commentary. That's still commentary. He's not dancing or singing. If you don't speak English, you would ne- you would never you might laugh at him because he's a character. He's a funny character. He's a his unique way of speaking, right? But really, if you didn't speak English, you probably wouldn't have a trouble you have trouble laughing at him but there's a point to what he says so, he's super fun he's putting something into the world i'm tearing things down i'm tearing walls he te- down he tears stuff down. that's all he does is tear stuff down too what are you talking about but he's he like he has a down. point to it he's and you know you're, you're like and that's why relationships are, are shitty well that's just a tag <laughs> if you want to do that if you could say like oh and that's why flying is uh flying on this airline is not a good idea i don't know that's the, I don't think that you're not something isn't made funny or uh, important just because it has a uh, a, a point. message. But everything has a point to it. I think everything. Well, I think everything is either pointless or has ha- always had a point. Like you know, people think about. I also don't find comedy like that funny. I don't find I don't like, like, don't like you don't think Bill Burr's funny. No, he's funny, but it's not like comedy I'm drawn to. Like I don't enjoy sitting down and watching Bill Burr. Really? Oh, no. I think it's really funny. You like I mean, it's interesting. It's just not like it doesn't make me laugh out loud. Hmm. I need to see. S- I need to see something way more ironic and way more ironic, silly, way more theatrical. Yeah, I agree. I think theatrics are the best thing, but very few people do anything theatrical because it's like so much energy and it's so much like you're putting yourself out there too much. Anyway, not cool. Sorry I, uh, to get back to what I was saying. The David Tell was the comic I listened oh. to all the time. Yeah, I, I used to love him, man. I listened to him all the time, and I started doing him without realizing it. Yeah. And someone came to me, and this was my first year, and they were like, you're doing Dave Attell. And I was like, no, I'm doing my jokes. Yeah. And they were like, well, no, you're doing like his thing. That's okay. That's and actually then I was like, great. oh, I can't just... Because I would go to the shows listening to a Dave Attell album. Oh, really? I would write while listening to a Dave Attell album. Wow. And you can't do that. Well, that's not true at all. Okay, here's an example. Charlie Parker, most probably the most famous alto saxophone player in jazz history. He and most like revolutionary most revolutionary player. He started off I'm not, I'm not sure exactly who, I can't remember from the story, but he basically totally emulated someone right out of the gate to learn how to play. But he did this thing where he only learned it's it in different one different in music. It's not, it's the same thing. I mean, it's not the same thing, but it's definitely because there's definitely a transition, right? Because people do cover songs. No one does cover jokes. They should. <laughs> <laughs> they really should. Uh, they do cover songs, I guess, but still. Uh, well, maybe that's you covering David Tell, maybe. I don't know. This is like a dumb conversation. I feel like it's too philosophical. Oh, sorry. <laughs> what? Sorry is that it, it's a dumb conversation. Is it on you? It's not on you. It's on me. I'm the host. Okay. I'm the one who let us get into these waters, these brackish waters. What do you think about the ocean, Barry? I think it's just a pile fucking of pile of fish dicks. Pile of cock dicks? Pile of, pile of dick, fucking fish dick, fucking. A dick dack? I hate the ocean. I'm terrified of the ocean. Are you really? 
Terrified. Yeah, I don't What's go in the ocean. What else you told me you're terrified? You had a dog roller experience. Roller coasters. Hate roller coasters. Why terrified roller, roller coasters? coasters. Control. I was okay. a big baby. I, every, I was afraid of everything as a kid. Because you like control because you came up as a bookie, so bookies have control. Yeah. I can't break legs when I'm on a roller coaster. I can't fucking break my no-pay asshole. <laughs> fucking Ace, asshole. asshole. Say asshole in New York style. Uh, asshole. You're wearing a fucking New York Gi- uh, Giants hat? Giants. God. I got it for free. Why? From one of your clients? One of my clients. How'd you get it for free? Uh, the pilot I'm in. Oh, yeah. That's part should of we my talk character. about this or no? Sure. What do you want to talk you about? Guys break your NDA right now. Non-disclosure agreement. Is there a non-disclosure did you, agreement? Did you, I don't know. You probably signed something. You signed away your life, right? I did. You just sign away your life and you work for a network. They own you. How do you feel it's about that? It's weird talking about it because it's like it could just never happen. Like could there's never a pilot. Happen. You shoot a pilot. I just shot a pilot for NBC. Right. No one knows. But it doesn't really happen already. It's already not happening. You know what I mean? But I'm saying like it, it's something you bring up that it's almost like bringing up a script that you haven't finished. Well, it's finished. You finished the pilot. But it might never be seen by right. anyone. It might never, but at least it'll be in your IMDb as a TV Will movie. It? Yeah. TV movie. TV movie. I think it's what they put it as. TV movie. That's great. What did you think about it? Was it fun? So much fun. Did you uh, it's like... the greatest. It's the greatest. So it's that's what you would want to working. be doing for the rest how of your fun? life. It's funny. I was thinking how funny it is that it's it's like old peasantry versus versus uh, aristocracy when you're on a set, when it's actors, the way actors are treated yeah. versus like crew it's, and I think extras. it's gross though. It's insane. Yeah. It's crazy. Like you know, it's like, do you need air? Do you need? Do you need, need a fan? Air? Do you need me to wipe your face? Do you need a fucking? Do you need me to fucking? When, it, when you sweat, people come here? over with a fan, and and then you know, like they fucking spit on extras. They're like, fuck you. Yeah. Eat this fucking mashed potato. I get. I have a problem where I don't project much status in situations like that. So <clears> sometimes <throat> people who don't know have talked to me like I'm an extra. And then gotten in big trouble later on, <laughs> but not because of me. That happened to me. Not me getting him in trouble. Yeah, it's just like someone saw it, and then it was like yeah. a little whisper in the ear sort of thing. It's like, yeah. Oh, oh, I'm, I'm, uh, I'm sorry about that. There was a we did a <laughs> scene, so and this terrible. is I feel so I don't know how to handle these situations. Yeah, but it was we had 200 background. Oh my god! In a club, a it was a club scene. And the whole scene was me walking through this club. I'm like the whole center of attention in right? a 200 extra scene. Oh, God. And I have to walk through a club. I have to talk to a friend of mine, then talk to a, a girl. It's like a big scene where I have to do a lot of shit. It's like a Brian De Palma And thing. we're just all, you know, we're doing so many takes. And at some point, I have to go to the bathroom. And everyone has to stop to wait yeah. for me to go to the bathroom. <coughs> and they were like, there's a bathroom here. That, you know, it's just for, like, principal crew and yeah. it, principal actors and crew. And, uh, you know, background's not allowed to use it. And I go and the the security, the guy standing there was like a PA or something. He was like, oh, you can't use this bathroom. And I'm like, I'm an, I'm the actor that's waiting, you know, oh, for everybody. Yeah. And they're like, no, you can't use this bathroom. And, like, everyone was waiting. And eventually, like, the producer came over and like, what are you doing? Like, we're all waiting for him to shoot. Oh, my God. And the guy, like, had to apologize profusely. And I was like, it's fine. I don't I just yeah. didn't want to like pull rank. I didn't want to be like, do you know who I am? Yeah. There's no good way to do that, I think. That's what makes that situation so shitty is it's like you can't – it's the be- the worst of both worlds because you're an asshole if you project your status, but you're also 
fucked because you're because st- you can't just get this simple thing because someone else is projecting their status yeah. in that position. It's like you idiot. Everyone's so waiting for me to do this. It's like guys who work at liquor stores. I used to have like a real big problem with anyone who worked at liquor stores because it's like this weird thing. Especially in college, because you know it's like all about you gotta have the, you gotta be twenty one. We mm-hmm. see a lot of fakes in here, like Mike's Beer Barn in Tallahassee, Florida. They had a wall of fakes that they caught, man, because they're fucking. Ooh, I'm badass. I work at the fucking Mike's Beer Barn, yeah, dude. Yeah. With the keg <laughs> drive through. You coming here with a fake? Oh, oh, we're gonna fucking knock you. We're gonna fucking spot you down, yeah. bro. You better be quick. It's like every bouncer at every shitty bar, yeah. and it's like this weird, completely non-existent form of. It's like. It doesn't exist. It's non-status, but it's you. This status is conferred on these people that makes them so fucking puffy and big and. So I get gross. it. I get what you're trying to do. But to me, it's like they those people. To me, they they see me coming like, I want to see what this guy's got. Oh, I want to see this ID. I want to yeah. see this one. Hey, buddy. Oh, yeah. Just like you know, just fucking looking at like. <laughs> it's gross. You're 21. You're 21. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I'm sure. Was this fucking? Where'd you get this? Okay, okay, <laughs> oh, you can, you must get carded a ton. I get carded all the fucking time, and it's a thing where now it's now that I uh, have confidence in that situation, I fuck with those guys like mercilessly, especially if they're dicks. If they're nice, it's like you can't. How do you, you fuck know, with them? I just give them everything, but my but my ID, or if they have my ID, I'm like, I'll, I'll tell them, yeah, it's, that's a that's a fake ID. Doesn't it look really real. It looks really <laughs> real, right? Like you kidding me? I was like, yeah, it's fake. It's not it's not real. It's like I'm not 21. I'm I'm 17, but um. It's like, like, you fuck with me? It's like, no, I'm not fucking with you. Call, call, go ahead, call the cops. I don't give a fuck. Call the cops. Call the what? cops. What? You tell them it's fake? Sometimes, if they're being, not anymore though. <clears throat> but well, there was a time period when I used to do that because I was just so bitter and ornery about getting carded that I was like, the first time I ever went to a bar, I, um, the guy wouldn't accept my driver's license. And I, he was like, this is ridiculous. And I'm like, go ahead and call, call the cops. Seriously, call the cops. I don't care. This is totally legit. And he was like, I'm sorry, man. I just can't let you in with this. I'm like... Why? Because I look so young. This was like a while ago. So when I first turned 21, I looked like I was a 12-year-old trying to go to this bar. Like a 13 or 14-year-old kid. Really. Check out the website for photos of yeah. Johnny when he was Yeah, uh, check out the trackback section to see pictures of Johnny when he was actually 21 <laughs> trying to go to Poor Paul's Poor House in Tallahassee, Florida. Poor shit. Paul's Poor House? Yeah, Poor Paul's Poor House. <laughs> it was a piece of shit, man. No windows underneath another bar. You could smoke in there. If you if you walked by Poor Paul's, you'd have to wash your clothes because they would be so wretchedly stinking of alcohol. I also did a three wise men shot there and I puked like I've never puked in my entire Isn't life. Isn't that funny when you when you were just starting drinking how the goal was just to get puke? Mad drunk. Just, yeah. Like I would just drink everything. Remember Ugh. remember when you would do like long I would do Long Island iced I never teas. Had, never had long I would long do though. like Soco and lime. Oh! Like just these crazy drinks that's oh! only only for underage drinkers. Yeah. Like who drinks fucking like kamikaze shots? It's the best. It's a thing where the the liquor That's a sign right there that you're yeah. not of age. The liquor industry is under this like crazy pretense that uh that no one yeah, no, we we make adult beverages for, for children. We make for adult children. beverages for children. Yeah. Like anything that's fruity. It is for girls and Jaeger? High yeah. <laughs> Who does Jaeger? I mean, yeah, some people do Jaeger, I guess. Still? It's either alcohol. Goldschlager was the thing where I was like, no one does yeah, Goldschlager. Check it out. Uh, we made this drink especially for children. Uh, and I'm sorry, uh, adults. Adults. 21. <laughs> adults who are 21. How cool is it that there's gold flakes in this disgusting <laughs> yeah. alcohol? This cinnamon schnapps. It's just sitting on a fucking dorm room. Black House floor, was the thing that pubes. we used to do. 
Black House? Black House, it was called. It was also like gross schnapps. Gross schnapps. Yeah. Yeah. At some point, you just go, this is... Why would I do this? Uh-huh. I don't need... I could just drink whiskey or yeah, like... Yeah, or now I can drink craft beer. Or not even drink. <laughs> <laughs> do you listen... You listen to NPR enough, right? You listen to it a good amount? Yeah, I'm white. Do you find... Exactly. But do you, do you find like some of the uh, the tone, like the the sort of the... Uh, I guess all I can say is the tone of some of the way stuff is delivered to make you want to vomit sometimes, like in terms of just how white it is and how much it assumes the listener's op- uh, equal opinion. What? Like sometimes I'll be listening to NPR and it's like they'll talk about it's like one of two things. They intimately talk about music, like like a blend like um these people from Tonga have blended American hip hop with indigenous music. Yeah. And it sounds like this. Ugh. And it sounds like the worst the worst thing you've ever heard, but uh-huh. they're like lapping it up on the show and they're just oh, I heard some one guy, some white dude talking with some like seventeen year old about dubstep. Like so teach me about about the drop. I'm like, what the fuck? Ugh. You're a fucking journalist, but you're you're like dabbling in this kind of crap. It's like so. Uh, it just makes everything seem so like it's pandering. on the forefront of culture. Like but it's, it's not. like this is this is the new wave. But it's the opposite. It's a bunch of fucking. That's what I'm talking about with the people. books. Like they assume you've read this book. I don't think I don't know. I don't know. You won't agree with me with this book thing. <laughs> They're always just like they talk about it like. You know, with uh, uh, Bethany's character development in the first few chapters, oh yeah, because you, you haven't kinda... read the, you haven't read the book, right? Yeah, yeah. Uh, what when Sandra discovered that she was no, a what? lesbian? <laughs> <laughs> um, no, I was no, so moved. Now walk us. I've heard I've heard them say that. several times, either Terry Gross <laughs> or Diane Reem or whoever I'm fucking interviews so authors, that they'd be like, "I was moved to tears when when I read this excerpt. Yeah. It was told when Celeste." <laughs> Discovered that her 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 vagina tumor, was her vagina tumor was a tumor was it her vagina was a tumor. Oh. I was moved to tears, and then the author always goes, "You know, I was just so inspired when mm. I wrote that." Well, my but sister, it's like, shut the fuck up. Just fucking read the book or don't read the book. My sister, who was uh, passed away, uh, she was a big fan of your animals. sister. No, I'm just talking like it's an author. Oh. <laughs> It's like, dude, See? man, we're having fun. That's what I call good acting. <laughs> yeah, and then it, I just don't like anyone talking about their work. Like, don't, you know, like, it would be like if I asked you about, like, where did you come up with that joke? And tell me about how that joke works. It is kind of gross. It's cool to hear, like, oh, you know, this is how I became a writer. And, like, you know, this yeah. is, like, but just, who gives a shit about what fucking chapter C- Celeste finds her pussy tumor, you know? Do you ever find yourself listening to NPR? Um, almost like you listen to it because, like, you hate it, but you still listen to it. You know what I mean? Like you can't, like you can't stand ninety percent of what you hear, but yeah. you still listen to it. I do that with Mexican radio. Really? Yeah. I think that's different because that's that's fun though. I don't get it. Yeah, and I speak very remedial Spanish. You do? Speak. Parlay. Uh, hola, donde me. Donde Cuesto Cambro? Donde Cuesto Cambria? Um, see, I don't speak any Spanish at all. So I listen to Mexican uh, radio, but I just, I really enjoy their enthusiasm with mm-hmm. everything. 
We don't have big. that in this country. No, I think white people. We are, we've talked about this when we went to Montreal. How entertainment everywhere but you, the United States is like it. a bee chasing a, a tortoise, <laughs> chasing yeah. a you know with maracas and people and flashing lights. It's got to have and a like, juggler. It's, it's like have everything is and theater and colors. Everything is gigantically yeah. huge and really and dramas are really really intense dramas. Right. Yeah, we're like this subtle country. <clears throat> yeah, watch TV in Canada for uh-huh. like French TV. Uh-huh. It's oh, how hard? How hard people on talk shows laugh? Just like how hard guests laugh and and hosts laugh. <laughs> 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 and the camera. Wee-oo, wee-oo, yeah, yeah, yeah. That's entertainment everywhere yeah. else. That's yeah, entertainment. Oh, Johnny's fucking. Johnny's fucking something. We're gonna go down to the bucket, fucking do. I'm having a breakdown moment. <laughs> I think Johnny's having a seizure. You're right. Yeah, so Barry, tell me about childhood. Tell me about so you got out, got out of college, and then you try to figure out what you're gonna do. And I was, tell me about your first comedy gig. And you first did comedy, and you were like trying to figure out like, do I stand up here? Do going on town? I'm figuring out. And then, um, yeah, you know when I when I just started doing stand up, <laughs> I. Uh, <laughs> I was dealing with the uh, the near death of my of my aunt, and uh, she had a, a pussy cancer. <laughs> a pussy cancer is like the only thing I think of. <laughs> yeah, we're terrible. So much for female listeners. She, um, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. That should be an NPR show. What? Just people like pretentiously making noises about how much they enjoy things. But I still listen to it because I'm white. But you're Jewish, though. You're not as white as me. You know what? I've started listening to it less. Yeah, I, I listen to it less. I feel like I, when I first moved out here, I had such, something to prove about oh. how intellectual I was. So well, I, I listen, listen to it all the time. I listen to it because I grew up listening to it because it's all my dad listened to. So I feel like the one thing my dad and I have in you listen common. Listen to like, like Wobegon, like the no, whole Garrison Keeler thing. More just like news. My dad was, a, was like a serial news watcher. And I, um, when I was a kid, I memorized the names of pretty much every CNN reporter. Because it was like, you know how a lot of kids' dads are into sports? Or you know, men in general are into, sport, into, into sports, right? So you like, you know, you grow up with your dad talking about sports. My dad was into sports. He was into watching the news when he came home. And so I decided I would get into the news. I would draw like cartoon books of the McNeil Lair News Hour. I'm not <laughs> kidding. I drew fucking cartoons of Jim Lair and uh, what's his name? Robert McNeil? Uh, yeah, because I was... He used to watch the McNeil Lair News Hour. Every night you come home, you'd have fucking... Did po- you understand it? I don't like, think Did I you did. have opinions? No, I just age. understood... You know, I was a Republican when I was a kid. You were a Republican? Yeah. I, was, I had no idea about politics. I used to read politics. Rush Limbaugh's books. Me too. You know what? I actually... My mom was a Republican, and my dad just didn't give a shit about politics. Oh, my parents were So all Republican. I would hear would, would be just like, Clinton's the worst. And I'd be yeah. like, yeah, Clinton's the worst. Right. I was just puppeting, just like parroting stuff. Yeah. The thing is, is I realized later... That that's what everyone fucking, does. Fucking, I don't want no fucking ice cream! <laughs> Get out of here! Stop with the freaking bells, buddy! I realized that the reason I think I was into that Republican stuff is that it's a very easy viewpoint to take. I on. love talking about politics with the fucking ice cream truck sound yeah. in the background. That would be great to just loop that in the background, just have it blasting. You know, it's easy. It's easy to be like you're a Republican because it's such a 
It's all outlined, especially that that point in time. It was very the sides were very clear cut. There wasn't like that was before uh, what do you call them? the Christian right before like that type of stuff. To no, go Reagan over. was was Christian right. That's when no, it started. It did, but it, well, there wasn't like this division. Now the, the Republican Party has got like your Tea Party conservatives. You've got your Christian right. You have some some of your old school Republicans. Yeah, but there was. A I remember time, mistrust of government was way cool when I was younger. Yeah, but there was like, like being like the government's going to take over everything. Really? And yeah, I just remember. I mean, all I know. I remember I, being like, you know, fucking government sucks. I remember uh, all of the political issues that I knew about were all social, socially political, like like uh, being against abortion and stuff like that. I didn't that. know anything about that. Uh, well, I just knew it from reading Rush Limbaugh's books. I was so oblivious to any of that shit. Uh, yeah, I I don't know why. Then I, I then you know when I I went to college I was like I'm gonna know everything about the news. I'm gonna read the New York Times. I thought the same thing. I tried every to do day. That. Did you do it? Yeah, I did it. Oh I man, fucking tried it. But then you you get to a point where you're like just knowing the details of the news doesn't make you smart. No, it just makes you like it. A, just it's like someone said this to me once. They were like, it's like you're following a re- you know all the characters in a in a terrible TV show that never ends. <laughs> Well, who's that? Like Dana Gould? That sounds like something Dana Gould said. Someone said that to me. I don't remember who, but it's like the yeah. It, you're you just know all the characters in this shitty TV show because it does never end. I I feel like stop being interested in politics like the last six months or so because I feel me like me too. It it's never really, ends. Uh, there's a cliffhanger constantly ends, and it never ends. And there's nothing. There's rarely anything good that happens that's yeah. worth. It's actually interesting. It would be like, it's like Breaking Bad where there's never a finale <laughs> and there's never continuation and they yeah. just hope you forget about plots and move on to other shit. Yep. Like we're never going to by the time we know about this Malaysian plane, right. it's just going to be like we don't give a shit anymore. I heard a guy on Coast to Coast Dam last night claiming that the um the head of salvage for the Navy said they haven't found it. That that this is all a bunch of smoke and bullshit about hearing the pings of the black box. How actually it's probably on the ground somewhere. The plane landed in a black black location. I love those conspiracy Me theories. Me too. Yeah. This was said. This was the best conspiracy theories are always teed up. There's no this. way this plane didn't crash. I agree, probably. But this is how it was. This was teed up. This information was teed up as this is a guy. The guy said like this is the head of salvage of the navy. So this is not a conspiracy theorist. I overheard him. Overheard him say that. So. I believe him. <laughs> yeah, know. it's always like this is not a conspiracy theory. Yeah. Now here's this conspiracy. Theory. I have to play this for you. Maybe I'll play this. I'll pull, play a little. I'll play it on the break here or something. Um, let me play this for you. This is on coast to coast the other night. This is really funny. I'll put the real audio on the. Um... This is not going to work, audio-wise. Back in August area of 2013, and this is going to be a shock, okay, but everybody on Earth was ingrained with a microcosmic chip in the back of their brain, except for me and my family. And the way you can tell that is you look at me straight in the face, you're going to see in my eyes that I look different. So he just said... What did he say? He said, back in March in 2013, everybody on Earth ex- was ingrained with a microcosmic chip in the back of their brain, except for him and his family. 
And you can tell this because you look... Not me. But he prefaced that whole thing by saying, look, I'm not a crazy person. I don't have emotional problems or anything. Um, I, but but this is true. But this wildly... With no evidence. Yeah. No, he says the evidence is that if you look in his eyes, you can tell because he looks different. And then they played him off. But that's what I he was... He looks so, different, but I thought he's the only one who didn't get... So. Right. And that's why he looks different. So you can... Him and his family. Not just him, him and his family. Mm-hmm. So if you look at him, you can definitely tell the difference. Yeah. Yeah. So yeah, he's just the only black guy in his town. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's Weird, everyone's white. So, are you white? Because even though you're Jewish, are you still white? I've been white pretty much my whole you're life. White. Yeah. If you're Jewish, you're still white, right? Or no? How does that work? Explain it to me. New York Jewish guy Barry Rothbard. Explain what being white is. Yeah. <clears throat> and white is more of a feeling. It's more of a privilege. Right. You know. So do you think you're white? Are you white? I am white. Okay. You know, I act white. Right. Um. I, I just, you know, I, I feel like I get paid more than the average person for doing the same amount of work. Right. <laughs> um, I'm a white man. I was just yeah. having this conversation, though, that, and this is not, I just have a hole there, right? Uh, no, I think, it just, I think it's just sort of worn, but. I have a hole in I'm my talking about Barry's jeans. pants. Um, I was talking about this with my girlfriend right. that um, I have no, and this is, this is going to sound kind of racist, kind of sexist, but I kind of mean it in just like a, a fact, factual way. Right. I have no, like, larger societal reason to blame failure on. Okay. As a white male. Right. You know, like, there's there's nothing I could blame. Like, no one's ever tried to keep me down. I've never not gotten the benefit of the doubt in anything. Right. I'm a white man. What like, about... Like, you know, if you, you could... Any mm-hmm. struggle that I might have had is totally self-inflicted. You think so? Yeah. Yeah. Right? I mean, no, that's what it's assumed as, mm-hmm. right? I mean, I don't know. I go back. I think about that stuff a lot because I also think that uh, to some extent there's problems that are universal problems. Like everyone would have to deal with death of a family member. Like that's like a com. Everyone has to deal with that if you have a family. Like that's not like a thing that uh, is unique to a race or a class. I'm talking, about, I'm talking about more like my girlfriend was reading a book by Susie Orman. About how she? she's a she's a financial okay. person, like, but make the, money for your the family. idea of the book was that as a woman, you were never taught to be good with money. That's right. why you're not good with money. Okay, you know you're because of societal reasons, you were never entrusted with money. The man always took care of the money. You always learned from you know your mom who never had money things. Right. So that's why you're not good with money. And I kind of made the argument of just like no one's good with money. Like people are just not good with money in general. Money's not real. Money's not real, man. It's not real. No, but like I, I would never. If I was not good with money, there's no book out there that I could read that's like, as a white male, you were taught to not be good with money. Yeah. This is this is going into I understand very sexist and racist places, but I mean it more as just like, like yeah, other other people have had struggles that I have not dealt with. Yeah, I feel that same way to some extent, but I've had a lot of health issues, which I feel like are health problems are. Um, there but that's not bigger than you. That's not like a thing that's bigger than you. That's you. What is bigger than me? Nothing. You're a white man. Well, it's There's outside nothing. of my control. It's not something I can. It's something I can treat. But to some extent, it really isn't something you can control. If, if you're if you're unhealthy, if you have like if you have cancer, you can treat it. But really, you can't. All you can do is uh, is treat it and try to treat it. You if as a white male, as a privileged white male, and someone who has a lot of who had a lot of money growing up, I did. Yeah, you can I grew treat up it. Very you, poor. 
But you didn't you say when you were when you first told me about your story with your dad and growing up bookie? Didn't you guys go from you you had really well off and then you grew up? So he he had a lot of money when I was four, right? That's four when years he lost, old. Okay, yeah, okay. That's when he lost all his money. Yeah, it's actually the the day the day before my mom left him was um, he lost three hundred thousand dollars on one game. Man, yeah, he bet on one baseball game. Whoa. And that was like most of their savings. And, uh. And but then, so you grew up poor after that? Yeah. Yeah, my mom was just a single. Well, I mean, my dad always had split custody, but he had right. very little money. I mean, you know, I didn't know that I was poor. You know, but you're poor. I grew up around a lot of rich kids. Yeah. That's the thing with kids. Kids, uh, the first guy I ever had in this podcast is this guy, Lee Weaver. He's an actor, black, black man, grew up in Florida. In like the, you know, like the 30s and 40s. Really? Yeah. He's really, he's an older guy. I met him on the TV show, actually. I met him on Family Tools. He was a actor on there. But he talked, told me how when he grew up in like the, you know, central Florida as a kid, he didn't know they were poor. They were like, you know, really poor. Like poor had nothing, but he thought they were rich because, you know, mangoes are growing on the trees. There's like donkeys and chickens running around, you know, it's a kind of, Florida used to be kind of wild. To mm-hmm. some extent, <laughs> yeah, it was. It was kind of like a wild. No, it I, saw, wasn't really I watched developed. Boardwalk Empire. Yeah, so. so he um he was like, yeah, I thought I, we thought I thought we were rich because you have no perspective for it being yeah. anything else. Yeah, it's only when you get older you start to like take on these weird sort of status things where you become you have to you gauge things you become aware of being good or bad or rich or poor and it's like it just fucking ruins everything because you. You're putting something on, but even just the fact exist. it's hard for me to say I'm poor because right. it's I can't blame a societal reason. Do you know? Like my family was poor just probably because my mom never got a good job and my right. dad never got a good job, and there's something wrong with them. Like I can't be like, I you know I was poor because I grew up in a very poor neighborhood, right. and, you know. Yeah, I don't know. I mean, I think a lot of that stuff is uh, it's just it's purely perspective, and I think a lot of people have benefited from having uh like a ad uh having a lot of adversity when they grew up because it's made them stronger even though they grew up with nothing. Absolutely. Yeah. yeah. So in a way a lot of times I'm very envious of those people, even though it's like seems like the last thing to be envious of is uh um someone someone who uh grew up in a really, really, really poor environment, struggled a lot and maybe Maybe didn't have like their family wasn't all there, or maybe they're you know black or Asian or something in a community where they were being mm-hmm. they were being uh, um, they felt daily the felt racism on a daily basis. Like on top of that, I was fat and ugly and got made fun of a lot. As a you kid. did, yeah. The thing that made you a better bookie, <laughs> I was like, there is no nothing to give me any self esteem yeah. as a kid. Yeah. It's, I don't, yeah, kids with self-esteem. It's so weird to think, of, you look back on that now, and I think about the kids who I think probably did have a lot of self-esteem. Like, Keith. Keith, yeah. So is that kid Keith. Keith. But I don't know if Keith, Keith and is Kevin. Really, how's Keith doing now? Probably terrible. Fucking he was Keith. the first kid to have a car. He was the first kid to go on a date. This is a real guy, isn't it? Yeah. Keith. What's his last name? Should I, no, I can't say it. You can say it. Um, Jackson? Keith Pollock. Keith Pollock. Kevin Pollock's son. Kevin Pollock's son. <laughs> and there was Max... Schmeiman? Max Steen. Max uh, Max Weinstein or Weiserstein. 
Wizardstein. Wellerman. Wellerton. Max Wellerton. Anyway, yeah, those those kids were like, he was so good looking. They were really tall. Remember the kid that was like way taller than yeah. everyone else and muscular for his age? I can't imagine that. I like was for so like short. a 12 year old, he was super muscular and big and he would go on dates. Like, that was crazy. Like going on dates at that age was like, who are you? I remember the, the first, I, I took me so long to go on a date that when I finally did, I don't think I even thought it was a date. I was like, this can't be a date. What is it? Yeah. Like, cause you can't, cause to call it a date would be to like say the name of a, of a, of a ghost or something. Yeah, if you, you can't. If you it's call insane. it out. Yeah, it, date. If you call it it's a date. It's only in movies. It becomes yeah. not a date. Yeah. Like you destroy it. I, I think that was for, I think that's for a long time. Yeah, like a ghost. If you call out the name of a ghost, yeah, you what destroy is, it. Yeah. <laughs> say my name. No, and I'll destroy the, you. Rumple, stilt skin, date. <laughs> No, Barry. Yeah, where are you gonna be? Where are you gonna be playing? Is it over? I think it's about all around. You know, we should probably round it off. Yeah. Well, you have some. What you want to touch on some more stuff? I don't know. What do you want to touch on? We can touch. Hang on, on let me think. We can we can pause real quick. Crimea? Did we talk about that? I don't want to talk about Crimea. All right, then nothing. <sighs> Barry, where can people um, see you perform live? Um, I will be at. I'm going to be in Vegas all this week. Are you? When is this going to be so out? Probably come out early next week, like Monday or something. Yeah, I'm in Vegas all fucking week. Where Tropicana? Yeah, that's like a, a mark of honor. You know that? It's like a badge of honor. It is. It's 14 shows over I've heard, seven um, nights. That Al Madrigal told me that he and John Stewart really bonded over. Some gigs that they've both done of like what you're talking about that you're about to do. Yeah, I'm. That's the only gigs I do are these badge of honor really? gigs. Yeah, that's all I have I guess now. It's better than none. I do gigs where people are are like when I tell other comics, they're like, they're like <sighs> have like specific terrible memories from them. Oh man! Like what's I, the, I that's how I'm, I'm able to like close off with some. I bad do a few great ones. Like I do a few great clubs, but yeah. I think the vast majority of clubs I do are like. Are like, oh man, you did that place. That's vast, nuts. Vast majority. You're of paying clubs your dues. Are bad. Yeah. But what? What? Tell me one specific story you heard that was like, oh god, I have to step into this. Oh my god! I just did this place, the Brokerage Comedy Club uh-huh. in Long Island. It's the worst. <laughs> it's. The, I'm not afraid to say it. The Brokerage Comedy Club in Long Island, New York, is, is the, the worst, worst comedy club. No one should ever do it. It's fucking terrible. The the management is terrible. Everyone involved is terrible. So this I, is- here's what happened. The the night before... So this is a thing. I don't know if everyone knows about comedy that right. listens to your thing, but there's something called a guest spot right. where you invite a friend of yours or someone you know, hey, I'm headlining. Can yes. my friend do five minutes? He's in town. Mm-hmm. Guest spots are like such a normal thing. Yeah, very normal. Very normal. They're good too. They're, they're, I do it all the time. If there's someone everybody. in town I know... Hey, come in and do a set. Right. I emailed the a friend of mine was this is outside of New York, so I was like a friend of mine wants yeah. to come and do five minutes on one of the not shows. Not even seven, not even ten. Five minutes. Uh-huh. He will get himself there, he will do five minutes, and he will leave. Uh-huh. Never a problem. This is like this is like asking for water at a comedy <laughs> club. This is like I email the booker, I get an email back, and he goes, Absolutely not. Absolutely not. Absolutely not. And I get back to him. I was like, geez, sorry. I was just asking. I like got a little like, what? Do you, why would you say that? Yeah. I get a call from my agent five minutes later. Yeah. He goes, the weekend is canceled. 
He goes, oh, the guy freaked yes. out, started yelling at me. Who the fuck does he think he is? Like, this guy's like a Goomba, like, oh mafia my God. guy. He goes, who the fuck does he think he is, right? And 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 I'm like, what? I flew here. I paid money to fly here. I was already in New York. Oh, man. I was like, there's no way. He's got to pay me. And they're like, no, he wants to not pay you. He's like, he doesn't give there's a shit. A contract. No, there's no contract. I thought there was a contract. No. I mean, maybe there is, but he was going to break it. I yeah. don't know what he was. So my agent was like, we we could just talk him down now and, and figure out. So he had to talk the guy down into letting me do the weekend. Oh, that's and the I, worst. And I come there and um, it's terrible. The club is terrible. It's just like a terrible club. It's like all older. Roach people? It's all older. Like It's all your dad's friends in one well, no. place. It's yeah. all like, it's all these weird older people that don't get comedy Anything. and like want Andrew Dice Clay. They want like really aggressive, crass humor and uh, and... They heckle like crazy, and the security guards don't do anything about it. Ugh. It's just, it's just the fucking worst place. And this one guy, I was doing my second show, and it's like the the they're just going like epically terrible, <laughs> just fucking epically bad. You know, bad to the point where you're just like rethinking. You're just checking. Like I'm out. like, I just have to learn a trade. Like I can't do this. <laughs> I have to just go to trade school you or have something. To learn how to be a lathe operator. <laughs> yeah, I can't. I can't do this anymore. Yeah. And at some point, this guy, this, this is the strangest thing. This older guy, and I've been telling this on stage now because it's so ridiculous that the, this older guy just goes, you suck. Like he just like yells, you suck. And I've heard that before. Like people do that sometimes, yeah. like when you're not doing well. Cause the guy before me crushed like the feature oh, doing like the hackiest, you know. And I, it's always funny when features are like have, have this like swagger cause they did better than the headliner, but it's like you had no pressure. Yeah. Like you had only, up to go you know you you, yeah. you could only make the audience think that they just discovered the next star uh-huh. so the guys kill it so the at some ways like bring back the bring back the last act you suck <clears throat> so i was like all right i didn't even want to engage him and then he does it again and i swear to you i go so what do you uh you know what do you do like i did like the minimum you could do for yeah. like a comeback on stage, I go, what do you do he's like i own a bowling alley <laughs> like he said it like that like really like uh, indignant right and then I go, I said, I remember I went, uh, yeah, clearly. <laughs> <laughs> and I don't know what that means, but it kind of made sense. I think if I was there, I would have been like, you got him, Barry. <laughs> yeah, yeah, <laughs> no clearly. And everyone went, oh, really? like they made it like I really got him. And he got so mad <laughs> and he stands up <laughs> and starts approaching the stage right? and he yells, I'm going to jerk you off. <laughs> That's what he yelled. Then what happened? He goes, I'm going to jerk you off. And then his wife grabs his arm. He starts walking towards the stage. He goes, I'm going to jerk you off. And everyone's like, what just happened? What? Because now there's like silence. No one understands why he said that. Even the security guard is like, I don't know no, what I, to. I think he may be going to kick the shit out of him. Or yeah, I don't know like what fucking... he meant by that. Yeah, you're going to And then his wife off? grabs him and goes, honey, don't. Honey, and he don't. sits down. So he's jerked off people in the past. That's what I'm thinking. Yeah. Do you think if he had jerked like you that's off, how he defeats people? Is like he he like gets in arguments, jerks them off, and then they come and they're like too tired. Would you have come? You think <laughs> probably. <laughs> oh my god. And then afterwards, he still was like he came up and he was like he was like, look, man, I was just uh, you know I was I was just trying to help you out. You were struggling. 
Wow, people like that's what hecklers always do. And he goes, he goes, uh, but that feature was just so much better than you. Oh, no, thank you. Yeah, thank you, <laughs> thank you. Oh, oh, I don't know what people think is going to happen I when just, when they come up and insult you to, to your face. Dana Gould, I I'm, I just saw him there night for the first time in a while. And he was so funny, but he's also like was just being like he was telling some story about told some joke about um, like raping a bunch of clowns, right? Funny joke. But he's talking about how whenever he tells that joke, someone comes up to him and tells him like, "You shouldn't tell that joke because, because um, I, my friend was raped and it's insensitive." And he just goes in this long thing that I won't be able to duplicate because he's you know he's hilarious and really funny. And you're not, yeah. and I'm not. I can't do what he does. But just about basically like, who cares? Shut the fuck up. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I don't care at all. Everything is like stop being offended. I don't care if you've been yeah. raped. <laughs> it doesn't matter. Stop it. Who gives I a think fuck? I'm of the theory that there is no such thing as being truly offended by something like that. I yeah. think it's strictly just an attention grab. It is. It's a thing where you want to I would be offended. The, the way I'm offended is if in a personal interaction, somebody says something directly to me yeah, that's that makes fun though. of me. That's different. But we ain't, there's, not, there's nothing that should ever... You could feel left out. Of a joke, yeah. you could feel excluded from a joke. Yeah, but being offended, I just don't know. I can't imagine. Like, there's people who think like, "Oh, you shouldn't tell cancer jokes at this cancer thing." It's like, no, you should tell only cancer jokes at this cancer thing because that's what they the, want to hear. That's what they want to hear. Those are the people who are least offended yeah. by jokes about cancer are people who are dying of cancer. Yeah, if you have lost a fucking leg because of. Whatever cancer treatment you have, you're going to laugh the hardest at anything making fun of cancer yeah. because it's like, you get it. But people always think it's the opposite. Like, ooh, ooh, don't say. They might they might be hurty by that little I did. Thing. I did a joke at the fucking Gilda's Laugh yeah, Fest. Yeah, that's what that I was, was thinking about, about. But that was like... Yeah, about my mom having cancer? Yeah, that was the but best place to do it. <laughs> I, <laughs> I just lied about my mom having cancer. Um, Where are you going to be, Johnny? I will be in Portland... It's Al Madrigal at Helium. I think it's, uh, let me look at the fucking date thing here. Hold on a second. Let me look at the calendar. I think it's a month from now. It's a month from now. It's, uh, it's, uh, May 15th, 16th, and 17th with Al Madrigal at Helium. And I'm going to be in, uh, Papa and Harriet's with Neil Hamburger on the Friday, Can I go over Friday some more May dates? 9th. Yeah, seriously, put them out there. All right. I'm also going to be at the Laughs Club in Seattle. Mm hmm. Kirkland, Washington, which right. is right outside of Seattle, from May 1st to the 3rd. Yeah? Yeah, keep you like it going. That? Yeah, I like it. Maybe and then I'm going to be at the Atlanta Laughing Skull. Ooh, that's a great place. From the May 8th, the May 8th to the May 10th. I've never been there before, but everyone it's likes great. it. I actually might be recording my album. Duncan likes it a lot. He goes there. I want to go there. Tell him, tell him to have me. I'll, I'll go there. Uh, can I just run an album title by you? Oh, uh, yeah, sure. I'm thinking between Album of the Year <laughs> and uh, Streets of Fire. I like Streets of Fire better. I came yeah. up with an. I think I came up with the ultimate album title there at night at dinner. Uh, Big tits dripping in jewels, <laughs> <laughs> and that's the cover. It's a pair of big tits that have are just dripping with expensive jewels. Um, so see Barry there and stuff. From and, the eighth, uh, the eighth to the tenth, I may be recording an album. Okay, there. well, no one cares anymore. No one cares. Uh, come see me at. Uh, me? Come see me at Lowdown Chuckle Box. Uh, that's uh, May twenty sixth. I'll also at be at the, the Riverside Street Comedy Bloody Club Bump. in San Antonio. He'll be the uh, San, San Antonio Sex June Masters. June fourth to the seventh. Uh, check out cumguzzlers.net. Okay. I'll be at uh, the Washington's Laugh Pub. 
Ooh, Lordy, trouble so hard. Ooh, Lordy. Those are a lot of good dates, Barry. Thank you. I'll, I'll read more. That's okay. I think that's enough. You sure? Unless you want to just keep reading. I can go back. I, I, people don't do dates that they've already done, right? Oh, I'll yeah. We should out. do that. Tell people where you've been. Uh, February. No, nothing in February. January. Uh, where were you in January? It was pilot season. Pilot season. I had a big December, though. Got it. Tell me, what, tell me one day in December for listeners to think about what they missed on. <sighs> I'm oh. about to stop this podcast. I'm about to end it. Are you going to end it? Why? I'm going to end it. Oh, here we go. I got some December dates I could do. Um, Barry Rothbart, check him out. I was out at on, the Comedy Store on uh, oh, cool. December 30th. Barry Rothbart, check him out on movies, film, and TV. Check him out live. And uh, keep coming back and buy lots of shit through our Amazon portal. Rate and the podcast. Keep on kicking the fucking dirt.
branch of the United States government, it is the mission of the National Security Agency to assess and flag citizens of the country who may present a threat to its security. The NSA has clearance to wiretap by any means necessary. Tapped. Incidental recordings of private conversations from the files of the NSA. Now on feralaudio.com.